something to talk about. <laughs> the fuck? How about how everyone's an expert now because of the internet? Quad user here to set the record straight. Viva la revolution of the mind. <laughs> Welcome to something to talk about. <laughs> Got uh, you an intro. Nah, like I, that, I know that was uh, my best BBC voice I put was, on. Was for very that. Good, that. Thank uh, you very much. You've thank you. Very vanilla fuck. fudge. No, I haven't touched it. I just automatically record everything that beautifully. Uh, <laughs> who was the Who was the guy making it sound it to be some fucking radical podcast? Who was that? That was. Barry, one of our You can't say his second no, name. I can't say his second name. I don't know. I don't know how it's pronounced. I'm sure he could. I'm sure Hello, he Barry, thank you for that. I'm sure he could turn on his for the crazy Tims at the Hill Hill podcast. He's one of them, I think. Oh, those crazy he's Celtic one fans. Nah, he's one of them. He's one of them, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Leave it out, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much, I Barry. But that's the last you're ever going to hear that fucking intro there. <laughs> We appreciate the effort, but thanks very much. No, but just if anybody thinks they can do better than Barry, mm-hmm. fire is a clean slate uh, next week. Clean slate next week. Yeah. And you get your. I don't know, I like Diane's wee bit at the end, though. I think we should keep that. I like that. Play it again, Diane. I'm going to play it again, Play it again. Play again. Hold on a wee second, Diane. Know the whole thing. I know, I fucking don't play the whole thing. Welcome to something to talk about. <laughs> yeah! Uh, I should keep that. I should keep that. Excellent. I should keep that. <laughs> Gonna get off your fucking phone, you ignorant prick. We've got guests. I'm doing, re- them. I'm doing research. <laughs> I sent you the research. Have you not done it, you lazy bugger? <laughs> We've got two guests I've here. I've got it right now. Look at and the he's thing. right now sitting in front of them, googling them. Yes, we have got fucking clown. <laughs> we have. Don't got you dare intro them. What? <laughs> Do you know how long I was outside? I was outside like a fucking crazy person trying to say positively Scottish small mercies. Do you know how fucking hard it is to get that out? Go I was trying it. to say that. Right, you intro I just them, did then. it! You intro them. You did it, go. go. No, intro them. I've no. turned my phone off. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much for coming. We've got Paul. Hello. Say your second name. Kaczynski. Paul Kaczynski. <laughs> Bless <Right>. you. I've <laughs> <laughs> got Tom Brogan. Hello. Thanks very much, guys, for coming here. Kaczynski. Yes. How often does that come up that you've got the same name as a Unabomber? Do you know you are the first person? Ever? I kid you not, you're the first person to ever pull it up. Fuck off! <laughs> it's spelt differently though, isn't it? Um, spelt. Is he a Y? He might have a Y. Uh, maybe he's a Y. Spell it, the Unabomber's second name. Oh, right, okay. I, I sent you a link well, to him! Well, mine is K O Z I N S K I. So I put, right. he, he must be a Y then. Yes, he is. Yeah, he. Oh, I don't know, wait a minute. <laughs> you're trying to disassociate yourself with <laughs> this guy, <laughs> <laughs> What was um, his first name again? Ted. Ted. Right. Ted. He spells his K A C Z Y N S K I. That's a fucking different. That's a yeah. nonsense. I didn't even say Kaczynski, don't I? Don't know. <laughs> that's Welsh. <laughs> that's Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> it says Kaczynski. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Tom Brogan. You missed that, but I did that already. Oh, did you? Idiot. Jesus Christ, man! Turn yourself up, Stephen. <laughs> there is a murderer with my name as well. Is it really? He's, he's only killed one person, so he's, but he's not a serial killer. He's not he's famous. A, he's just a murderer. murderer. Yeah. How do you find that shit out? Because it was in the front page of the paper. Ah. The guy with your name. What happened? Name. What did he do? He murdered an old woman. Maybe he wondered his wife. 
Uh, maybe it's just maybe. <coughs> do you think it's strange when uh, people name their children by your second name? They give it their first oh, name. Aye, first name is a bit weird. Aye. You know, there's a, they will put it. There, see the Hamilton Ackies, right? They they've got uh, right. <laughs> see Hamilton. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to hear what you're going with this. See, see, Ham, see Hamilton Ackies. Desperate to talk about football. No, what? I know. No, see Hamilton. Because it's been an old firm game. But they oh. can't help themselves. Right, Hamilton Ackies have got a casual, right? A lassie casual <laughs> called Brogan. Wait a minute, what a casual. A hooligan? A football hooligan? A lady hooligan? Aye. A football hooligan? Is no. that the only hooligan they've got? And that's why you know about Hamilton Aggie's so casual. No, they're so progressive, clearly. <laughs> it's so, so funny. So funny. She was only going, ah, we just get in, we fight them motherwell bastards. You know what? No bother, hen. But she's called Brogan. So you have actually got the second name of Ned Lassie for Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry I bet you thought when you came onto this podcast that's what they'd go on about first we're getting to know each other here we're actually <laughs> we're on uh, it's usually I'm slagging Hamilton it's usually Kilmarnock the cops at our fears you're not for Kilmarnock are you? No, no. no we've got a mate for Kilmarnock called mm. Miggy and he moved there it was the worst movie I've ever made because every time we're doing this podcast Kilmarnock cops it <laughs> It does, didn't it? Kinda, aye. Aye. Did you know they have a different, uh, where is it, Halloween's a different Halloween's night? Halloween's a different night. <laughs> no. Well, seriously, aye, absolutely. It's a fact. <laughs> yeah, they celebrate a different night for the rest of the world. Is yeah. it like near Halloween? It's like, like the day before, before. Was, was, it was it a week before? <laughs> was it a week before? Aye, we still don't know why. I think there no. is a reason for that, isn't there, Diane? You... I did ask Miggy and he just shrugged his shoulders. <laughs> aye. <laughs> <laughs> Oblivious to all, he had no idea. And somebody asked Maggie when's New Year, he says the new. Aye. You know, just whenever. But they have a different. So, so Kamalak, in my opinion, that totally vindicates them getting slagged because, <laughs> <laughs> because of that. Um, so, guys, you are here to promote a show. Well, we're here to have a lovely time first. Aye, Good obviously. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Is it um, a short attention span theatre? It is, this is Tom's baby really, short attention span theatre. What is the short attention span theatre? Short attention span theatre was just a a name for a wee night that me and my friend Karen run at short plays. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's like, usually it's like four or six short plays on an evening and we called it short attention span theatre and that name is kind of stuck for other things that me and Karen do now. Excellent. So that's basically a kind of mini production company Aye, that you guys have. Of, yeah. Mm. Excellent. Excellent. So it's a great they, name. Ah, nicked it. Like, well, like all the things are nicked it. On you go. Ah, uh, it's basically the old 90s comedy show. The yeah, the American. Yeah, Matt Yeah. I nicked it. I did check to see if anybody else was using it around about these parts than now. And nobody was. Nobody knows that show anyway. Yeah, it's finished. Yeah, exactly. Tom's baby Tom and what Gallen's is the baby? show that you're doing now the show we're doing now is two one, uh, two one act plays yep. and the night's called Love and Money and it's a uh, one act play called Some People by me and another one act play called Vote for Love by Karen Barclay and they both star Paul and Natalie Clark nice hmm. okay. and here's a wee summary of what each one is about for the actor who is in both of them uh, well Some People by Tom uh, is about um a man and a woman who meet during a, a, a summoning by a headmistress right. about an altercation between their children in the school. Oh, right, And right, there's a kind of right. misunderstanding to begin with, yeah. uh, and they both get put onto the school board, and each week they, they kind of grow more and more fond of each other, and it's their, their right. kind of journey through that. That sounds good. 
Mm. And the other one is. And yeah. are they single at the time? Hopefully. Uh, they are. No, yeah. Yeah, 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 they're both, yeah. both single parents. These two yeah. cheating bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded all romantic to ask that question. <laughs> oh, excellent. And uh, the other one, "Vote for Love" uh, by Karen Barclay, is, gosh, it's about uh, uh, an election taking place in a kind of small Scottish town, and Susie Love, played by Natalie, is uh, forced into running for mm-hmm. this election and my character is married to her sister-in-law who's the the original candidate um and you were, your, your character was the original candidate my wife your who's wife her was her sister right all right. right yeah so she's my sister-in-law um and and they kind of start to fall in love and things and have a relationship and ups Excellent. and downs so they're, they're both very good because it's it's about the ups and downs of relationships and, who, and things uh, who has it wrote these was it yourself and well i, I wrote one of them karen Bartley wrote the other Excellent, excellent. Mm. Are you guys uh, inspired by guys like uh, Willie Russell and stuff like that? Is it kind of? Uh, well, I mean, there's a sort of, I mean, uh, massive inspirations don't just come for the theatre. It's for film and TV and stuff like that as well. Excellent. But uh, I know Willie Russell's somebody I like. But no, I was just see the the the. I, I remember I said, I do you know I couldn't even tell you the name of the play. I seen a Willie Russell play a long time ago, and it was uh, and it was about football teams. I'm sorry, sorry, oh, get back any football. Right? <laughs> but it's, he it's just about, mentioned film and no, TV. It was, about, it was about football teams and, and community and pressure and stuff like that, and that. Sounds pretty much the same. Oh, yeah. You know that you know it's that that uh, premise. You know, there's a bit of obviously community a- action going on there, and there's. You ah, know, what 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 I think Tom writes very well is uh, real people. So and that so, kind of, aye, you know coming I mean, from sorry, that well, there's some kind of thing. I it's um, you know particularly this play. Uh, some people is is very. It's not it's not light hearted. That's that's unfair to call it. That it is light hearted. It's light entertainment, but it's. Um, it's about two very normal people mm-hmm. in very yeah. normal circumstances. That's and the idea for the looking at that, yeah. why, why that play? Why did you start writing that? Well, I, I started writing it because I knew who I was writing for. I knew yeah, it was going right. to be Paul and Natalie. And I was trying to find something for the two of them to do. And I wanted something that was kind of light and nice kind of thing. I didn't really want to do something that was a bit dark. Or, do you start you know, obviously then, because you start write, you start writing with limitations, knowing that right, yeah. this is going to be a one-act play, I've got the car- I've got the actors, I just need to come up with this thing that's going to have just two characters. Yeah, and pretty much. There. When you know it's getting put on and, and you're putting it on, mm-hmm. then you know what you can and can he do. Right. Uh, so I kind of started from that. I was like, I've got Paul and Natalie, and I want them to go on a journey, and I want them to kind of fall in love but have ups and downs kind of mm. thing and I always had a sort of rough idea for a, a, having a, a sitcom set in a school board I just thought right. a, a school <laughs> board the school board thing <laughs> I, I remember somebody s- uh, said to me that uh, he'd been asked to go on his son's school board and I was like oh you go and he's like I'm a fuck you know and that and I started looking at the school boards because I thought it was an interesting thing where it was all these sort of People face like, different backgrounds are sort of flung together because of their kids. You get other things like the Jani can be co opted on it, kind of thing, and you get sort of different people. <laughs> Do you, know what you often find though, it's the same kind of people that go uh, to this. My, my wife is involved involved right. in that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> oh, I know, I know. speaks volumes, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and you do actually, you get. T- she see the people that it's the people that she would actually relate to outside, you know, you don't tend to get. Uh, some wee rough guy. I mean, we we our schools catch me there's Castle Milk, right? Um, Castle Milk, um, Crawford, Cathcart, and uh, and and unfortunately, you don't tend to get the people for Castle Milk and Dune because right. I think 
I don't know. I don't know if it's a psychological thing or whatever. Where they they, they turn around. Look at time. We're dealing drugs. <laughs> Shut up, you. <laughs> right. But no, I I, 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 I think obviously um, you're saying you know you, Paul's saying that, that you tend to write you know people real people. Yeah. You know, um, is it hard to actually write real people who? Wouldn't he in, a, in normal circumstances get on? But then you're putting them into a school right. board and you're saying, right, but do these people get on initially or do they have... I don't want to ruin the play, but do they have... Kind of, they don't get on initially, but I think there's enough... They're no from extreme, like, right. different backgrounds exactly. or anything yeah. like that. They're kind of, I guess, similar in their background, you know, uh, so... I'm scared now my wife's going to run away with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> You've got me paranoid. <laughs> no, and, uh, the oh, I'm so scared about that. <laughs> but I don't have a wife to get run away with. No, they, <laughs> is that what you the mean? Missy Stephen would run away. Uh, what? Well, no, I'm not scared. These missus run away. He wants no. my wife to run away so we can just live a bachelor lifestyle. <laughs> nah, uh, we could do this podcast like three times a week. <laughs> oh God, no. <laughs> <laughs> so the actress in the, the plays now, like, is she in both? She's in the actress in both of the yeah, plays. Yeah, yeah. What, the parts obviously will be different, being different writers. Stuff. Yeah. What's the differences working with the same actress? Is it, is it, clearly it's going to be just the two of you on stage. Yeah, it's just the two. And then you obviously you flip it. So what's the the turnover on the plays? Well, it, it's I mean they're both written very differently to start with. Right. Um, but it is a challenging actor to try and, especially if you're on the same night, to to make the characters. So different. you do that. Yeah. So you do like you do one play after another. Yeah, and you just yeah. Switch it over and yeah. Just be right. And, right, and is it challenging for you to write two? Different plays for the same. He didn't write both. Oh, sh- shit. Sorry, Karen. He's a clown, one. isn't he? Sorry, sorry for him. No. <laughs> right. So, right. Sorry. Did well, you and well, Karen have the same idea of who was going to play? Yeah, I, I, we sort of basically both said we'll put Paul and Natalie in them. So, so but she has to write something totally different, yeah. like a totally different character. Yeah. For him, it must have good, con- great confidence in you, Paul. You know, to. Well, I hope so. Uh, you know, <laughs> they, they, they must have to actually, you know, yourself and Karen, obviously. Uh, opting, you know, well, we're going to use the same actor and we're going to have him play two totally different parts. Yeah. But, you know, he's, he's going to make them work. I think know? it helps because you and Karen are very different writers as well. Yeah. Um, Karen kind of writes in a kind of slightly kind of higher state, almost kind of no cowardish. If, you know, it's very quick, right. quick-witted and one-liney, bang, 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 bang. Stylish kind of writing? I, I mean, well, both of them are stylish, but it's uh, very different styles. Um, and Karen's is very... Um, a heightened is a, is a, is a way of saying it. It's, it's, it's a bit more out there than, mm. than Tom's real people kind of down to earth. Kind yeah. of. Are you a people watcher, Tom? Do you one of these guys that will sit and just like. Yeah, kind, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I will write down something somebody said or <laughs> uh, something somebody does or you, know, you observe somebody doing something and go, that's interesting why they're doing that or why they've said that. Have you ever stored it and I've done? Don't think so. You're not. That's good to know. You're acting. You're a vessel. It's alright. He doesn't know if you're being serious or not. The uh, no. See, see, when you are, when you're writing parts for people, does subconsciously the people that you have known in your past. I mean, was it was it Shakespeare that says a great writer pillages his past or something? So, uh, do people that you've known in your past, have you actually got him playing people that you think are actually? Quite hilarious in your past, or parts of people. Ah, you, you do chuck in parts of parts of people. Yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely. Ah, uh, so has anybody ever noticed? You know, oh, I do that. Don't think so. I think yeah. I mean, my first play, I did. We did, we, but we because I co-wrote my first play, but we did name the character after after the person. Oh, right, that right. We, and she did come to see it, but we did sort of let her know. One of one of our traits was was tapping folk to to go out. 
for a night out and this character this last he just oh, basically tapped oh. guys for money <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah but uh, she was very lovely about it she probably shouldn't have been uh, <laughs> as an actor do you ever take something that you see somebody doing like a, a maybe a tick oh definitely some behaviour I think I'm going to put that in here aye definitely what does exactly. that help how does that help you uh, it, it varies you know it varies your characters a bit and you can right. it's almost like a pick and mix you've got a wee bag of goodies that you can Aye. kind of delve into and can it be scary can it turn into a crutch sometime where you can it might just be something you, you, you go to if you don't know the choice to make you get your comfortable shoes aye, aye. and you, know, you kind of fall into it but it's it's good when you when you do completely different parts it kind of you, your bag's empty for that so it's, aye, you know, it's a good it's, excuse to fill it up with something else you know is it hard to be an actor who is, you know, uh, with, with all the actors and people that come before, how, how do you put your unique stamp? How do people say, that's, you know, that's Paul there, he's, he's that's that actor, you just, know? Just lazy. <laughs> <laughs> is, is it just, is it, do you just play the part as best you can? And Yeah, I mean, uh, it it's probably comes from what you're saying about the, you know, you, you see things in other people and you... Mm. you you know, you, you, you shape certain things around your experience. It all comes, not to sound wanky, but it all comes from, from you and your experience. Well, who's, and who was your guy growing up? Who was your actor? Who was your guy? Ray Fiennes. Was it Ralph? Ah. <laughs> and what, what was it you saw him and you went, fuck, that, that's, uh, that's acting? It was right probably there. the English Patient, I think. Really? Uh, I saw Schindler's List and uh, he's just some nasty in that. Was a wee bit fucking kind of terrifying in that. Whoa, man. Uh, uh, but the English Patient was that kind of... Ah, that's that's quite good. People, having Gary Oldman. People don't working. remember how fucking big that movie was. Aye, that English aye. patient doesn't get spoke about in the way like Titanic does, but that movie was mm-hmm. so huge. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Was, was it a ma- it wasn't a massive budget, was it? It wasn't really. Was no, it? The, I think I think all the, it was, it was all actors, to do with the acting and the writing aye. in that, wasn't it? All the actors took a uh, what is it? Uh, Oh god, I can't think of the word, but it's you know, something that well they didn't get paid. They, uh, they took it on. You know, if this makes end. money, we'll get it back. Uh, deferred, deferred fee. That because they wanted to do it basically. Aye, aye, aye. It was an old-fashioned kind of David Lee aye, romance aye. kind of film, and they, they didn't make them anywhere. And exactly, yeah. And people saw it, it was like, "Fuck, that's huge!" Aye? And it made him a star, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He done a better movie than that though. It was the uh, uh, the end of the affair. Oh yeah, that was Remember good. Remember that? Yeah, Julianne yeah. Moore. That's a aye. great movie. I, I used to love Julianne Moore. Oh, Rust of Lovers. She, she was my uh, my older women crush. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> what, what changed? She's still yeah. older than you. I know. It's just. She's still the fucking same as well. I've not seen her for a long time. Have you seen uh, our daughters like a mini me? Julianne no, Moore's daughter. Aye, that. she's another one that's got like a like Reese uh, Witherspoon's like oh, got a mini me daughter she got as well. We daughter with giant forehead, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, aye. What does Julianne? So Julianne, what age is Julianne Moore's daughter? I think she's maybe about 18, 19, oh, something like that. I can't remember. Yeah, I remember, just nah. remember seeing a picture that's of me young. like that. Whoa. Yeah, that's too young for us to talk dirty about her. <laughs> Why'd you bring her up? <laughs> You did Why he's did you think in that anyway, listen, Bob? Yeah, he's still going to get him in Google. Bad Bob. Yeah, he's still going to Google it. Well. He's still going to Google it. <laughs> so, what about you? Who was your guy? Who was your person or or thing? What was your fusey? What made what you want to write? Made me want to write. Who continues to make you want to write? Well, like I've seen before, it's TV and films and theatre. It's like John Sullivan for the Only Fools and Horses and mm. Dear John. Um, uh, what was a film that you saw when you were wee and you were like, I want to do that? A film I saw? Hmm. 
Again, like a- actors, my guys were kind of Tim Roth, Gary Oldman, nice. De Niro, Pacino. Both yeah. met Tim Roth, didn't you? Aye, I did. I met Tim Roth. Did I hear a Tim Roth story? Aye, really quick. Aye. We were at Cannes with a short film that we'd done, a western called A Shot in the West, right? And uh, Zal Clemenson for the Harvey Band was in the movie. The sensational Alex Harvey Band. And we were, at, we were hanging out in this hotel, the Carlton Hotel, right? We didn't stay there, right? We just hung out there <laughs> where all the fucking famous people were because that's <laughs> where you went to see them all. Yeah. And we were sitting there, we, like, it cost like 120 euros for a round, right? Oh, <laughs> we were just sat there with like one fucking beer for like two hours, <laughs> right? And uh, Wong Kar Wai was the uh, jury president yeah. at Canada at the time and he was making a movie with Tim Roth. So Tim Roth was there talking to him and he was at the bar and I said to Zal, I says, look, it's fucking Tim Roth. He says, oh, I'm a big fan of Tim Roth as well. I says, well, we'll talk to him, we'll go talk to him. This is at the end of the day. And that entire day, my whole day was meeting people, like the BBC people, loads of fucking shady producers in tents uh-huh. on the beach and stuff, right? Uh-huh. And it was all like, this is a movie I made. We made it for no money. We done it with my pals. I'm here to try and get some interest in it. Blah, I had a spiel, right? And so by the time I got to Tim Roth, it just came out, right? <laughs> like I, I, but I was trying to, I, I wanted to genuinely say, oh, I'm a, such a huge fan of yours. But the sh- fucking spiel fell out of my mouth. He goes, don't hustle me, kid, right? Oh, don't hustle no. me, right? He says, just talk, just talk to me, right? So I explained it to him. And I said to him, and Zal Clemenson for this, he says, Zal Clemenson? I says, ah, he's out, he's out there. He says, Zal, Zal Clemenson, is you Zal Clemenson? And he totally fucking had like a fanboy moment with Zal. That was his first ever gig. He was such a huge fan of the Harvey band. Right. And he loved Zal and he was there talking to him for ages and Zal was like, this is fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> he's a super nice guy, great, great guy. Oh, that's good to know. It's always good when you find out they're good guys. I know. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino know so much. Really? Yeah, uh, not so much. Because uh, I went to get something signed off for him. The but Kill he's Bill. weird, isn't he? He is nah. just weird, a weird guy. Yeah, it's just, it was, see Kill Bill, right? Nah. He'd, he'd released it, obviously, in two parts. So I went and I paid money to get it, stuff signed. And I had the both parts of these big Japanese rare fucking collector's boxes. And he would only sign one of them because he was running late, so he'd only sign one thing. <laughs> I was like, mate, just fucking sign it. I'm standing here in front of you, just sign it. He ended up, he huffed and then he signed it. And I threw a copy of my DVD at him. He says, I made a movie, fuck you. <laughs> Not really, but kind of. <laughs> So now, is that you finished with the name dropping for the ah, right yes, now? Uh, <laughs> no, no, he's not finished. I've got to give you, they were two absolute crackers. Well done, that's nice. uh, you uh, talking the list there. I've, so, got, I've still got a Nick Nolte one, I could tell you, but I'll oh, leave that for another week. Fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> no, it's not as good as uh, Robert Redford, right? No, enough. never be no. as good as my Robert Redford, baby. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. Robert Redford. Oh, no. She, had a close and, she was up she, close and She was sunburnt oh. at the time. <laughs> Robert Redford's looking at this peely wally lassie, all sunburnt. Yes, looking at the stupid lassie with the ginger jean with the big patch of sunburn on her face. <laughs> they wonder he was laughing at me. I thought the most interesting part of the story, Diane, was in like a secret fucking part of the airport, though. That oh. is, like, now to me, that is one of the more interesting parts of that tale because that, that corridor does exist, but no public will be allowed near it now mm. because of 9 11. Right. So, but that was obviously pre terrorism days where we could roam airports freely. Oh, yeah. Exciting times and see stars. Well, there's always the that positive now. We're not going to get fucking crazy people like you bothering Robert Redford anymore. <laughs> I didn't bother him. I just stood there like a statue, unable to move at the sheer audacity of knowing that there was Redford in front of me. Uh, I, I jumped away in there. You were talking away, Tom, about the. Uh, Tim you, Roth. Tim your, Roth. You, you are, is it, was it actors that drove you towards <coughs> Aye, it was actors. But I mean, I, I like writing at school kind of thing, you know, but it took me a while to, to realise that you could actually write plays and 
film scripts and TV scripts and stuff like that, you know. Did you go to school to learn that? Did you go no, to... No, particularly, no. No? I went to night classes eventually Aye. to do stuff like that. But uh, I sort of came through TV first, because that was what you watched, because yeah. when I was growing up, you just watched telly. Was that trying to say, did you think that you just... That, that just people like us don't write TV I movies. kind of, I thought that for, for a long time, mm. aye. Uh, I think I wanted to be a journalist because I thought that was the only job I knew, a writing job I knew. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And it took me a while to realise, no, you can actually write plays and you can yeah. write films and scripts and books. And be and creative that. rather than, yeah. you know, j- journalism, as much as, a lot of it is creative, right? Very fucking creative. <laughs> Hashtag fake news. <laughs> a lot of it is creative, but at least you get to be creative and admit it. <laughs> you know, so, no, so when you, uh, when you decided, you know, well, when did you decide, when did you say, you know, that's for me, I'm going to try and write some, was that early on? Nah, it was probably it was my late 20s kind of yeah. thing. Aye. Because it was a mate of mine, Fraser, Fraser Campbell. Uh, he had, he started doing a, sort of, it was a fake news, uh, it was a magazine. Uh, he started up with a magazine called Cherry Bananas. <laughs> and I started writing for that. This is like the late 90s. Yeah. I made that, I made that. Really? Aye, aye. Diane knows that it must be one of the real weird <laughs> lefty <laughs> communist fucking manifesto <laughs> leaflets. So, oh, I was a Tory in those days, shut uh, What? Of course I was, nae. No. Just wind you up, Bob. So it was a, it was a proper magazine, a printed magazine? It was a printed magazine ah, that nice Fraser it. basically got done himself. Fantastic. And uh, I'd meet Ian Drew for it, and uh, we wrote, it was sort of satire, really, but it was sort of short stories and piss-taking of the news and all that, right. and we'd done that for, for ages, and then Fraser and I started writing sketches together. Right. Do you know what? I wrote a sketch. Remember my sketch? I wanted to write sketches. Let's make it all about you. No, no this is a brilliant sketch, right? <laughs> right, no, this is a... Do you, you know interest in these guys are? Shush, shush. Right, I'm one of these guys, right? I'm one of these guys that his... My mind goes a million miles a minute, right? And I come up with these daft creative... I think they're creative ideas. And uh, and I created a character called Glasgow Fonzie. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Sounds good so far. Right? Right. Right. Now, Glasgow Fonzie, uh, he thinks he's as cool as fuck, but he is, not and he, uh, he, everything he tends to do, he thinks is helping, but it's not helping. So in one of the instances, you know, he walks there. Um, somebody's looked at their motor. Somebody's looked at their, at their motor, and he sees it trying to get into the motor, and he walks up, poof, smashes the window, and gets the keys out, and goes, eee, like that, and walks away. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and the, the woman's gone, what the fuck, he's, he's just smashed my motor. So what do you uh, reckon of that as a sketch? As a professional <laughs> sketch writer, what do you think? But I can do it and tell us. Well, it's got, you've got everything there because you've got, you've got conflict and you've got the, the fact that the guy's deluded and he thinks he's smarter than everybody else. Aye, but so you've got aye. the elements there. <laughs> um, Is that some kind of self thing you've got there, uh, Stephen? Because I heard the words deluded. <laughs> <laughs> well, You're right not about yourself there. <laughs> I write for the people I know, you know. <laughs> Bob, then. I guess so. Fits too, fits anyway, too. enough about us. Your first acting gig. Oh, what was your first acting gig? My first act professionally. Well, I because I read that your first acting gig is usually a chicken. That doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, that was. That doesn't count. Stop I putting that. Stop putting there. that on. Is that on your Wikipedia? Uh, no, I, I don't know don't. if I have a Wikipedia. Oh, I'm going to find out. I'm going to find out. You don't know if you have a Wikipedia. I, I presume I don't. Whoever wrote up that thing, don't. I'm sick of reading that Hugh Jackman was a fucking tree in school and Scarlett Johansson was a fox. And fucking uh, playtime in a play, and that's that's nowhere it came. No, where was your first acting job? Uh, professionally, it would have been in the Arches, right? God rest its soul. And it was a great uh, venue for aye, that. Aye, aye. 
uh, in a play called Time in the Conways by J.B. Priestley. Never heard of it. Ah, it. Uh, uh, on it. Oh, it's a, a, a riveting 19th century drama. Is it shite? <laughs> is it shite? Uh, no, no, it's good. It is good. Right. Um, and it you can tell us if it's shite. Is the guy, is he a book? Uh, no, no, it's 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 it's, it's it kind of spans thirty years or something, and it's about a family basically. Right, one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was good fun. It was okay. good fun. I, I did read that you were in Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Yes, uh, I fucking love that movie. That's probably my favourite part to date. Is it really? <laughs> <laughs> that's probably my favourite part to uh, play so far. Right, it's Tom Stoppard, I mean, yeah, you can't yeah. argue with that. Nah, yeah. It gives me something to work towards. Exactly! <laughs> <laughs> this is what he aimed for, you'll never get there. Can you as tell long as you keep aiming. <laughs> tell, tell, tell everybody what Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead is. Because uh, it, it came back there, they revised it just, just I did, now. Yeah, oh, yeah, why yeah, don't you say it a bit slower? Why? Because, tell everybody about <laughs> Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Right, did anybody fucking pick that up? Totally. <laughs> it's just you, Clothier. Because you man. don't know what the fuck it cool. is. Because you don't know what it is, that's why you so don't know what it is. So just be quiet now. See when you don't know what it is. Can I just say, I, 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 I checked Wikipedia, Paul. No, I'm afraid you don't oh. have a Wikipedia page. I'll make up some oh. shit now and put it on if you want. Yes, I'll just make some shit. Before the end of the show, we're going to have him a fucking. You weren't a chicken, you were a rooster. That's what I'm changing. Leo Rosencrantz. Rosencrantz yeah. and Guildenstern, two fucking names, idiot, <laughs> are dead. Lay it out. Uh, okay, uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are two characters in Hamlet, and their minor characters often get cut uh, because the place four hours long. <laughs> <laughs> they usually cut Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Uh, and Tom Stoppard came up with a great idea of essentially making a play out of what they do when they're not on stage <laughs> in yeah. Hamlet. So it's, it's kind of like flip. So the, 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 cool. in Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. There's scenes from Hamlet, so you see their scenes, but then the characters from Hamlet walk off stage, and the the play continues with the two of them. That's pretty cool, mm. and it's, it's brilliant, brilliant. Who did brilliant. you play? Rosencrantz, yeah. the thick one. <laughs> <laughs> was that your preference? Uh, it was. You, yes, uh, <laughs> it's more fun though, isn't it? It's aye, a more fun aye. part. That was Gary Oldman. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> in the movie, Gary, Gary Oldman and Tim Roth. Why That's right. Gary yeah, Oldman yeah, and Tim yeah. Roth. Wow. That's a fucking great movie. That's one of Tarantino's favourite movies. To tie all this back is, in, there you go. Brilliant. How's that? That's very good. I've never seen that. I'm sorry. I had to yeah. put out a 20 year anniversary DVD last year. Is that 20 years old now, eh? Yeah. I know. Well, the most. Fucking hell, So what? That's, that's grim. It's <laughs> <laughs> a big silence there because it's fucking. See, you start thinking about all the shit that has it's getting to like 20, 25 Aye. years and stuff. What was the one? There was one that was 40 odd years. It was well, a Kubrick well, movie. Lethal Weapon was 30 the other that day. That was one thing. You know I mean? Fucking Lethal Weapon, eh? Saying that, though, this, the first one, I don't know, the first one feels that old. Do you think? Do you think? Oh, no, no, it's still still fresh for me. <laughs> cool. You just keep that. See, the thing is, I am, <laughs> honestly, no, no, I'm... I'm more interested in the, the writing side, the creative side. You're more interested mm -hmm. in the acting side. Ah, so. so I'm done with talking to the actor, you tap talking to the writer. <laughs> See, I was trying to start a fucking pattern there. Oh, you don't get it? I was smooth. You're not with me? I don't think anybody's noticed it was smooth. On you go. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that, Diana. With pleasure. <laughs> right, whilst you're doing that, I've got a writing question, though, because I've go. been waiting to ask Thomas this, because, Bob, I'm really sorry, you're going to hate this, but go. tough. Thomas is writing a book on, am I right in saying it's the history of Clybank Football Club? Yes. Yes, right. As 
obviously a Jags fan. I can't possibly, possibly support Clybank in any way. But tell us about it so I can mock them some. <laughs> how long, how, is, this, is, is this a rare occurrence where there's two Partick Thistle fans and in the room? room Both of them. This? Yeah, <laughs> and the room is in Fir Hill, so and it's, and it's, 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 no, it's no football-orientated gathering. <laughs> no, I know this is quite unusual. It's normally when I meet another Thistle fan, it's like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should have seen you at the stadium. Know what I mean? <laughs> you're actually fans. You're an actual fan of them, though. You go to the games and stuff. Aye, aye I've not been this year, but aye. <laughs> 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 I'm the same. I've not been this year. <laughs> <laughs> you played my song at half time twice. Uh, make up at you. Ah, that's true. We have had here at Transmission Room. Right. Ding, ding, ding. Uh-huh. Yep. Two of our mixies played at Fir Hill, apparently. Here we go. No. Right, so fuck Patrick Thistle. But Clyde tell us Bank about Clyde Bank. Sorry, <laughs> Clyde Bank. Right, well, the book's basically the history of Clyde Bank FC from 1964 to 1980. And it's a season by season, uh, you know, of what went on uh, at the club. And I've spoken to a number of the former players and staff uh, as well. And hopefully it'll be out some points towards the end of this year. Catch, cashing in in the Christmas market of the yeah, yeah of course yeah why, why to when was it the club had to be kind of rejiggled about was that why it's up to eighty well it's up to eighty is completely arbitrary right. uh, leaving room for a sequel uh, pretty pretty much <laughs> just because right was, Diane. there was enough I mean I could have written it all the way up to the present day but then you'd not get as much detail right it, enough, or, or it would enough. be three thousand pages or something uh, so basically the club were uh, a junior team and then they merged with East Stirlingshire. Uh, and became a senior team. I don't know. This is, this is boring. Junior no. teams like known league and seniors. You know the, the, the football league, Scottish football league. Uh, so uh, that's where it, where it starts with the mergers with East Stirling, which ended up going to a court case, uh, and there was a big oh, battle. Wow. And East Stirling went back to East Stirling, back to back to Falkirk, and uh, Claybank were sort of left in limbo for a season. Uh, so that's the, the books that covers covers all that and covers the court case and all that kind of stuff. And then do you source a lot of photographs and stuff? And photographs is one thing that's been difficult to source because uh, uh, I spoke to guys at the Claymont Post and the Claymont Post don't actually have a sort of archive because they've changed hands <laughs> so many times oh. that they don't actually have the original photographs. Although the Claymont Press didn't actually have that many photographs through the years of Claymont up until they hit the Premier League in about '77. Then there was photographs. Of do you know why no? Why, why they, know? They, they never really. When you look through the papers, they never really paid that much attention to the football team for for various reasons. Sometimes, like works football, got more coverage. You know, like the singer factory <laughs> team get more coverage than Clyde Bank. We played uh, second division. Why did you? Why did you? St- I know the question was asked. Why stop at eighty then? Right, but why stop at eighty then? When you know that. Uh, Post eighty, then you're going to have more stuff like that for the second book. Yeah, well, it's just because <laughs> it goes on and on, and I'm trying to contact as many former players and stuff like that, and, and keeping it to that era. See, the funny thing is, I know somebody you haven't spoke to. Right, my granddad. Your grand? Who's right. your grand? Right, my granddad used to be uh, right. So the Steedmans were in charge, eh? yes. right? And then uh, in charge of the youth set up was Ian Steedman. Right, right. Then it was my granddad. Who was your grand? My grand's name was Harry Garrity. Right, I've not spoken to. Right, he was uh, he was in he was in charge. Of, uh, he brought through loads and loads of players, man. Alex Marthy. See, at one point in time, uh, Falkirk were playing Kilmarnock right. in the Scottish Cup final. Yes, ninety-seven. Yes, and my granda had, uh, I think he had something like fifteen players on the pitch wow. that came through his books at Clyde Bank, and he was really well got. You know, he. he uh, 
I don't know. It was was Danny McGrain ever? He he was involved, wasn't he? At the Clay Bank. Danny McGrain coached at Clay Bank. Aye. Well, my nineteen ninety. My granddad was in it. Aye. My granddad uh, worked with Danny McGrain through that as well, yeah, and uh, he. I used to go to Kilbowie when I was younger. I was saying to this off mic. You know, I used to go to Kilbowie when I was I younger. I seen Danny McGrain in the cinema once. Did you? I seen him in B and Q. And I'm I was just trying to add something to this fucking I, I, conversation and get away from football. I, I, just, just let us have a wee chat about football. Right. Just do, I, we'll talk about films again soon. We should know. Let I us see, have a wee chat. I seen Danny McGrain in B&Q and I was with my granda. And I was totally starstruck because uh, I'm standing there like that and my granda's got me in a hugging embrace. How's it gone? And I'm like, oh my God, that's Danny McGrain. Um, but my granda was totally involved with Clyde Bank for a long time. In fact... Uh, he was he was friendly with David Cooper, who we right, spoke okay. about. You know, being the uh, the greatest, you, you reckon the greatest player ever to play? play back. Yeah, I think. Bill Kennedy. Pretty, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, there are different levels of uh, cult hero. Jim Gallagher. Ah, well, Jim Gallagher obviously was one of the bank's all-time greats. Aye. But, Aye. but uh, I mean, the, the Cooper thing's interesting because like, when you see David Cooper, it's like there's a little bit about maybe it's something Mother Clay Bank and blah blah blah, aye. and then he went to Rangers and blah blah, and you get very little about. Was he not Clay Bank after he was at Rangers? Yeah, he went aye. back. Yeah, he went back. Yeah, but he was there before he was at Rangers as yeah. well. Yes. Yeah. Why did he go back? Well, he went back when his career was winding down, and he was always fond of Clay Bank and Clay Bank. He was fond of him, you know. So, so uh, there was a passion he has. Aye. So is it is, is Clay Bank football a passion of yours? Where does that come from? If you, yeah. Why did you want to? Are you fake Clay Bank? Aye. Aye, aye. I mean, I suppose I started going to Clay Bank when I was when I was like nine. Uh, my dad was a Celtic fan, but he took me to Clay Bank because it was just in the road, and he would let me go to Clay Bank on my own. Mm. He would never let me go to Celtic Park on my own. So that's really why I ended up going to Clay Bank. Uh, well, the the uh, I was absolutely heartbroken when it all fell apart at Clay aye. Bank because I was a big part of me growing up as well, you know. Sure. My, my granddad, see when I used to go on holiday, my granddad used to get the Clyde Bank minibus, <laughs> right, cause it, for all the grandweens. <laughs> and he used to get the minibus, they say, I can say this now, right, because mm-hmm. uh, at the time he'd probably got his balls kicked for it, right, but, <laughs> but he used to drive... Long since retired. Yeah, no, exactly. He used to drive the Clyde Bank, he's 82... 283 now and he used to drive the Clyde Bank minibus with all the grand wings in it to places like Arbroath and that <laughs> and uh, do you know the crazy thing we went to Arbroath and Clyde Bank were playing Arbroath and we went to the game <laughs> <laughs> they must have been like that where the fuck's the minibus <laughs> the, uh, but I uh, back then it was just minibuses for some reason I don't know if, if the if the players travelled in a minibus I don't know how that kind of thing happens now but the um, back then but uh, he, he was he was hev- I mean heavily involved in Clyde right, Bank okay. um, but he used to run like kind of good year boys club and all that before that and then eventually I don't know how he, how he became involved in Clyde Bank but he did I mean he'd, he'd, uh, I'm trying to think of the players he had coming through the books he, boy, he, went, to, he went to Wren um, Ian Anderson yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ian Anderson he was in the books with him and my grand actually holds a record Aye. Clyde Bank had the record they won 9-2 in the Scottish Cup final under twi- he won the Reserve League as manager as well Aye, Aye. Aye. so I can get you photos of trophies not if you want my Aye, man good stuff <laughs> Um, no, I'm interested in that But When is that out? Are you writing it just now? I'm writing it, it uh, just now. It's sort of towards being finished, but I'm still trying to get in touch with more former players. Uh, Say their names, they might listen who, to the who show. Were, who were about, you know, who? never know who you try to get Just basically anybody who. I mean, I've spoken to guys like Andy Roxburgh and uh, Jim Fallon and uh, Jimmy Caskey, and you know, I've spoken to, I've spoken to Jack Steedman. Uh, so, is I he mean, still in the States? No, he lives in uh, Bearstend, but he goes, oh, he was just back from the States when I spoke to him. He's got his soccer school. He offered my granddad a job there. Really? Aye. 
when he was uh, see when he when he set it up, he phoned my grand and my grand was like, listen, I've got my grandkids and all that here, and you know he was just he'd kind of stepped away. He he fell out with them. Or uh, or I say a training kit. That's I mean the Steedman's I think were a wee bit tight with a door, weren't sure. they? So. Uh, and were they, were they re- re- I'm sorry Bob Bob's fucking right. bored at his skull here were they ultimately responsible for the downfall of Claybank Football Club well I mean the conversation I had with Jack Steedman he was kind of trying to set the record straight a wee bit about it and said that ultimately they weren't but c- certainly the fans really see Steedman's as being at fault for it I mean they sold the ground where we had nowhere else to go to which where was, was their ground? Where was their home ground? Kilbowie Park. It's now if you if you go up to Aldi. Is it the Aldi? Is that where it was? The Aldi and the McDonald's. Yeah. Aye. I'm sure I was in it once before, but I didn't right. give That's a, a great big ground. I was in it. I used to go to it every week, nearly. Uh, Bob, you're the odd, odd one out here, or well, maybe Paul as well, because I had a season ticket for Kilbowie for a year as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. I pretty much had a, a season, season ticket as well. Really? But I did. I wanted to school. How could that club fucking consciously sell you a full season ticket? No, no, if they make it to the end of the season. No, no, they used to give them away. Every year, I think, like <laughs> right, all right. the primary schools yeah. in the area would get like oh, 10 season nice, tickets. It was nice, but they, I won one and there was a big Is that why they went under? Oh, not well. I you never, on the I never supported the games. The them. games was buttons to get into anyway. Oh, and you could, once they opened the gates on the other side at half time, everybody yeah. piled in for nothing yeah. anyway. So they didn't exactly have the best pricing scheme I've ever seen for a fitty team. No, they, see, uh, do you know I still have great memories of, of the of the ground. See when you used to walk in, says if you know if you were coming down to where the police station was, right? You walked kind of run and you had uh, I don't even know what stand is that. Asda. Is it at the Asda? <laughs> no, no, the Asda side, at the other side. At the other side, I don't even know if that's would that be the North Stand, I don't know. It but, probably was the Polish but, station. But side. when you when you walked in and it was all terraced and then they had the kind of new seated stand on the yeah, right hand yeah. side of yeah, you. Yeah. See at the very back there was the pie stall. I just have great, honestly, great memories of it, man, being a wee guy and just... But I used to walk around, the, the, the groundsman at the time was a guy called Packy Freel. Right. Do you know about the kind of, yeah. all that kind of stuff, you know? I, I'm I'm going to be doing the depths here, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm trudging. I've got, I know these people that used to mow the lawn. Um, but uh, the groundsman was a guy, Packy Freel, and he, his wife, Mary Freel, used to, she used to wash the topes and all that, right? It was, just, aye, aye. It was, it was a kind of community thing. Sure. And, and uh, I remember just walking around and... And uh, you know there was a big kind of wooden gate thing <coughs> on the side. When you walk by the main stand, and I used to just rattle the gate, and he'd say, "Oh, come in, son, come in." <laughs> I used to sneak in and go away around and watch the football. Get myself a pie. It was brilliant. <laughs> the, uh, but that's when football was really football. Do you know what I mean? That's when yeah. there was a bit of culture about it. When people actually, uh, it was a community thing as well. Yeah. You know. But all my pals, I was at school in Claybank. All my pals were all. They gave a flying fuck for Claybank. They all just went to Celtic Rangers. Celtic Rangers, aye. 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 I mean, I, I, don't get me wrong. At the time, I had a Celtic top, but my local team was. I mean, I'm from Drumchapel, so the local team was Claybank. We used to go and watch them because, like you said, there was there was no way. Yeah, there's no way that your dad would have uh, would have I let you go. Celtic, aye, exactly. People pissing in your shoulder in the jungle and all that. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, no, I could talk about football all day. I'm sorry, especially I could talk about Clyde Bank all day. And it's quite fitting that you've got the red and black headphones on because it's uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so they're, they're back now, aren't they? They're real team they're, again. Well, they're back in the juniors, <laughs> aye. Right. 
Excuse me. What's happening with them now? They play at home park, don't they? Play at home park, aye. Uh, oh my Joker. God, Bob! Football knowledge. Are you alright? It's because it's Should like two settings. Some it's kind of emergency service in. Two settings away from where I stay. That's how I know where it is. There's <laughs> <laughs> fucking Yorkers grin. I know. There's a, there used to be a boot sale in it. That's right. Still there. Still there. The boot sale. Does he know that much, then? Does he? No. Don't go to boot sales yeah. anymore. I know. We told, that's what we were saying. This, these things seem to meander away. You know what I mean? What about? I'm going to get back to sport here. Oh, going to get back to sport. Sake. No sport and oh, this is this sport is my film, film this is my link up. This is my link up. I was in a movie. <laughs> Such a fucking conceited bastard. <laughs> Wait, I can't is believe we've got. Is he going to tell a story again? I can't believe again. we've got an actor and a writer and the most fucking. <laughs> the worst try- one in here is you. I'm trying to get it back to fucking. Acting here. Go for it. I was in a movie. What movie you ever think you? about writing a FIPA movie that's better? That's better than you have. Shot to Glory. <laughs> Paul was in it. Shot to Glory. I know that one. Right? Shot to Glory. I was one of the extras at Hampton. So was I. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 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 So you've written a FIPA one. Yes, and Paul was Paul was in. A FIPA one. Paul produced. Paul produced. Short, short film. film. Short right. Short. Tell us. Tell us all about tell it. Tell us about it. No, you sell it. You sell it. Yes! <laughs> cool. I'm so happy. Whoa, baby, it's a baby. You're glad I mentioned it now, you it's fucking specky dick. I'm, it's a movie I'm well, I'm in. I'm fucking all in now. It's a movie. Right, right. Cool. Well, it was, a, it was a short film, and uh, well, where it went wrong, really, was, was uh, when, when you pitch it, you have to have seen the film that it kind of apes. It's, it's basically, uh, I took it with the idea for the Zidane documentary. Amazing. Uh, Mogwai done the soundtrack. Yes. Right. <coughs> so, but it was basically it's a Sunday morning. It's basically a, it's a Sunday morning player in his forties. Oh right, but it's shot and it's filmed and it's acted like he's Zidane. Aye, more more or, more or less. But right. you know, he's he's rubbish. Why did they pick you? It was well, Paul I, I was, was in it, but he was. Oh, you were one of the lead. No, no, it was Raymond Mearns. Right, it was the lead. If you know Raymond from the stand-up circuit, or he's. I know that name. I definitely. As soon as you said that, there, I'm like, I know that name. Mm. I. So and you produced it, Paul? Aye, aye. aye. Um, and what played did, the captain as yes. well. What did that take to produce a short film? Pennies, again, it was... What, what, was your job? what does it take your job? What is your job? What is your day-to-day grind doing that job? Of producing? Aye, a I, short I'm, film. I'm a terrible producer. Together. I, I, I co-produce with my wife, and right. she, I give her all the, the kind of shite jobs. Good, that's, that's <laughs> what you made. Phone that guy, phone that guy. That means you're a great producer, because you're good at delegating. That's the first job as a producer. You delegate the shit to other people who'll do it. Uh, it's just organisation. It's That's event it. management, basically. Dressed <laughs> <laughs> up. So no, it was great. So you go to him and you. So Tom, you you, you go to Paul and you say, "Listen, I've got this idea for." That's basically it. I was went to Paul and said, "I've got this idea for a short film. Here's a here's a script. Uh, it's a bit." Uh, you know, a bit <laughs> abstract of an idea, and you kind of need to have seen mm. the documentary to make for it to make sense. But see, when you're writing that, you kind of giggle into yourself. You must giggle quite a bit. I'm a fucking bit of a madman with that. See, when I'm thinking something daft, you, you, especially when you're writing about this guy, you know, it's uh, some kind of Zidane, he's uh, Sunday <laughs> League, and uh, you must be giggling away yourself when you're writing it, you know. Ah, you kind of do. <laughs> no, you don't. You seem awfully serious. I think I'd be like, oh, that's maybe I just love myself. That's just so funny. That's so funny. I'm fucking reading that, dude. But do you do you get to see when you read some of this stuff? Oh, aye, aye, aye. aye. Do you think he's maybe got a warped mind at times? You're like, where the hell did he get that from? Uh, I can do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it must be. Is it? Is it? The one thing that I would find. 
that a lot. Of, well, I don't know if a lot of people would feel like that, but is see when you were. Uh, I remember like learning to play guitar and sing, right? And when you first ever play to somebody, it's a wee bit embarrassing. Well, yeah, it's very embarrassing, sure. right? See when you hand somebody your idea and your script. Are you like, oh, I don't know if they're going to like this or they're going to... Ah, sometimes you are, but sometimes if you enjoy it yourself, you can't share it. You can't can't have that kind of embarrassment anymore because you're established. I knew, but I mean, like, to begin with. Well, I think, to begin with, I was collaborating with other people and because the two years are sitting laughing and because I like, you know, my collaborators, I like his stuff that's in it kind of thing, you know, you're you're totally confident that there's good stuff in it, Mm. you know, because it's not just my stuff and I've laughed at it as well. So, you know, I've never really had the fear... Giving it hand to people uh, and what's the football film called? It's called Dimmock, Portrait of an Athlete. Dimmock, so, <laughs> it's, it's on YouTube, you right? Right, so what Brilliant. was the first? So, what was the, the kind of uh, getting the ball rolling with it and getting the cameras that they're ready, getting all that Did stuff? Did you mean that pun? I know, I was wondering that. No, I didn't actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get to like how, how did you lead up to your first day shooting? Well, we, we, we shot it all on, on one day. You uh, shot the whole thing one day? shot the whole thing yeah. one day at Shettleson Junior's ground. Right, right. And uh, I was basically, I took the script to Paul and Janice and said, would you be interested in doing this? Right. And they said yes. Mm-hmm. And it was, I think it was relatively cheap to do. It was. Uh, you you secured the ground, I think, yeah, which was the, the main one. Yeah, I secured the ground, which is phoning Shettleson's manager and agreeing to do a stand-up gig at their social club <laughs> for them. Uh, and that got us the use of the ground all day and they did the catering as well. Uh, See, this is fucking indie filmmaking. This is what you do. That's what you have to do. Big borrow or steal. The main problem was we didn't have 22 people. Yeah, that was. Can I phone does? With CGI? (laughs) With a team? There's a CGI shot. (laughs) (laughs) A wee CGI keeper. Nice. (laughs) Fucking nice. Uh, I don't know, we had maybe seven in the morning. Well, well, we had, yeah, because people sort of turned up later in the day you know oh so we had to like we started off with maybe seven people and then it grew to about 14 right. as the day went on so we shot all the, the kind of setups or the scenes if you like in the morning with these seven people and uh, and then the afternoon we essentially just had a big game of football and oh kind of yeah. improvised certain things out of that was that yeah. not a bit of a nightmare filming football though did you <laughs> choreograph certain moves yeah. you, had to, like, you had to get obviously yeah. I don't know about football but I'm guessing you have certain kind of plays that you have yeah. to yeah. no absolutely there was, uh, I, I want this to happen uh, and that to happen and then after that it was like let's just play a game of football we ended up doing like, like two halves of 20 minutes right and how did you call did you just film just, just grab well, a camera well I mean I was, I, I was not filming it I ended up being one of the, one of the guys in the team right. but uh, we had two cameramen by that time yeah. and we yeah. kind of said get Raymond here and then and I'll come just do what you want, just Aye. follow this and that. Does that not no. give you a bit of headache when you get to edit it? Well, <laughs> one of my favourite quotes was with Tom when we were sitting editing it, Tom and directing I edited it, and uh, I just remember you, <laughs> like, how many ever, however many hours into the edit, and you just turned to me and said, ah, the next film I'm going to make is just two guys in a room. <laughs> <laughs> Every fucking director says that, mate. Yeah. They do, don't they? I don't care who it is. I don't care if your movie, the last movie you done was two guys in a room. Your next movie's going to be one guy in a room. <laughs> <laughs> you always want to simplify it. <laughs> it's still totally ingrained. I'm thinking of the boy Raymond, Raymond Mearns. Yeah. So he's a comedian. Yes. Do comedians make good actors? Yeah. As naturally, yeah, because yeah, the, the, whole so, thing, yeah. the whole thing is, uh, you know, that they, they, uh, they are always playing a part. See, when I tell, you know, I say to my wife about, you know, see if I make a joke when I'm playing live, like uh, music, um, I make a joke, she goes, that's no true. I'm like, it's fucking entertainment. It doesn't really matter if it's true. And if a comedian, everything a comedian said was true, then I think it would be uh, it would be a wee bit 
People, uh, people would be a wee bit You accentuate the fucking entertainment. Uh, so, uh, so I would imagine that obviously uh, that the comedians make. Is there no matter about timing? Um, obviously, comedians will be really good at timing wise and acting, but how, how do you how do you, do you direct a comedian differently? No, no, not particularly. I mean, but with that with that particular thing, it was easy enough to say Raymond because I had him in mind for it, and uh, I, so I said yeah. this guy's got the same sort of. Swagger you have on stage. If you see Raymond comparing the show, right. he's got a particular swagger, and he can put people down that he knows are rowdy. He can see the folk that are ready to start, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and he can see where the, the laughs are, and he can totally control the room. And I said, it's basically that guy feels like he's got the same swagger on the fibber pitch. Just he's rubbish. Aye, his ability, <laughs> his ability doesn't quite match. His, his confidence kind of thing, you know. And that was really the only. So what, is, what is your kind of thing when you're directing actors? Do you direct? actors differently do you have a set thing and you bring them to you or do you go to them um, I sort of go to that a bit should I ask him that uh, maybe yeah you're very open you're a very very open director you're, you're actually my favourite kind of director in that um, you need to say that I know I see you give an actor a room to do what he wants uh, and it's just wee nudges Rather than you're doing it this way, no, that it's just wee nudges here and there to kind of keep you on yeah, track. Is that the best way to do it? Because yeah, the reason right. you're, you're an actor, right? And you're there because you are there to bring something yeah, to it. Yeah. You're not there just to fucking do exactly what the director says because then what's the point in you being there? It could be anybody. Exactly. You, yeah. have, have you ever written something and then just say to somebody else to direct it? Does, uh, would that ever happen with you? I, well, I have, I have done once. I do so prefer. I do sort of prefer direct my own stuff as well cause because you've got a vision for it. I've got a vision for it. Plus, I've got nothing else to do in my, my time. You know what I mean? So, apart from write a book on Clay Bank, uh, exactly. I'll <laughs> take a wee bit of time. What was the first differences you noticed when you went through? Well, what was the first thing you ever directed? Was it film or theatre? Uh, well, I mean, I did a skit. We did a sort of live sketch show. That was the first uh, thing I did. Was so you started of, directing a theatre? Part of a sketch group kind of thing. Uh, so. Kind of roughly directed that, wasn't even really directing kind of thing, but you kind of had an idea of what you wanted kind of uh, thing, you know. Uh, and then after that, it moved on to um, plays. What's the main difference in directing a play and a short film? Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. There's, there's a picture of me in the set of the short film when I've got, I'm, I'm got, I've got, I'm got my arms up like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so I, I think, I think with the, with a film, things kind of. Uh, when different directions you weren't expecting on the mm. day kind of things people didn't turn up Aye. or uh, you wanted to and because I was directing on a, a football pitch you were telling the c- cameraman and then I was running away to tell the actors because they were up the other side mm. of the pitch <laughs> kind of thing you know I always thought so, specifically because when, when you're directing because I've never directed theatre or anything but I think when you're directing a short film you're always moving there's always something that needs your attention yeah. you always have mm. to move to somewhere else but if you're at a stationary play then yeah, yeah. I think you'd have more downtime for a start, you would have more time to, you know, construct the play that you're doing, and then you would have a lot more time to think about it. Whereas when you're out and yeah, yeah, like yeah. running gun, as they say, you're always moving and you're always got something to that needs your attention, but to, to specific details. So you've never really got a lot of time. But, but surely with theatre, is, is, the, uh, is the groundwork not done with the rehearsal? Well, that's the, the thing, the rehearsal time, process 
basically in rehearsals to get it wrong for as long as yeah as long you as get you can. It right. yeah uh, and you've got the time to sit back and sit around and talk about it and like you say on a film set people are maybe looking for you to have a solution for oh, this mm-hmm. but that's no quite the thing when you're directing theatre and and it's accepted that we all come up with a solution because I'll say to them well what do you think mm-hmm. about it how do you think I should mm-hmm. go and then they'll chime in but it's maybe a little bit different is that, is that what you set. mean when you say that uh, that is your favourite kind of director it kind of involves you in that process. Yeah, where, yeah. You know, yeah, it's exactly as Tom's saying. On the film set, there's no time. There's no time. Ex- so you, you get two goes at it and you move on, kind of thing. You know, ex- especially when it's a short film and you're working with a limited budget. Exactly. Yeah. Do you have rehearsals yeah. when you shoot film? Just, we, we did on one, one that never got finished. Yeah. Uh, we, did, we did kind of rehearse it like a play almost. Yeah. Um, was that was the reason? Was that a stagey type of film? It, it was. It was two people. It was two uh, guys in the room go. essentially. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's definitely it's the time. That's the big uh, difference, I think, between theatre and, and film. And cost, obviously. Well, yeah, yeah. Not any though. Not any all digital now. With film, I know essentially I can you can make it. It's great now. Aye. Aye, isn't it? Is that a difference? Have you ever shot in film? Uh, well, I mean, just uh, not just really that short film. I think I done with Paul was the mm. only thing, mm. and so no. Although when I was at college, we did. Uh, when I was at college, you had well, video tape. Aye, which was uh, different. And aye, the editing with the big wheels. Oh, but hi. even then, they were saying in college, oh, we used to cut it with a razor blade, uh, and this is amazing. Now you've got this big wheel. That big wheel. One time, time I had his brother. His brother edited everything I directed, and one time I had his brother work on it, and he fucking nearly killed me. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. See, the problem is now, though, see, with all the... And it, in the edit, it becomes much easier. Everything's digitised. You can find any shot you want just by plugging in some numbers. Mm. But I tell you what, you'd fear... Because they just leave the camera running now. Yeah. There's no... Yeah. So there's actually... The discipline. Uh, a lot of that's in the art of, uh, you know, a director or producer sitting down and saying, these are all the shots I want to a certain extent. Because they can watch everything so many times and have backups and... In a way, it's, I think it's there's a slight disadvantage in the volume of stuff that comes in now. It's still amazing, and it's what's really good is you get to see all the asides because <laughs> the camera's yeah. still running. <laughs> so you get to see a lot of extra crap as well, which can be quite entertaining. Is that not to the director as well? Because you get guys like Fincher who works on digital now who does like 70, 80 takes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. one thing, you know. So, I mean, can you imagine the amount, the volume of footage that his editor gets? Do you know, I found out an interesting thing about Fincher this morning, which I did not know. He His first feature was uh, Alien, Alien 3. 3. Uh, I didn't yeah. realise that. Yeah, he was a music video guy. I'm glad he that. got better. I, I knew he'd done music videos, but um, I didn't That's actually realise that movie. he was the first one. I was sabotaged by the studio though. Ah, that's not his see, fault. See, director's cut's a lot better. That's better, aren't nah, it? Nah, oh, better. that's because I, I love all Fincher's films. I think it's ah. brilliant. So when I heard that this morning, I was like, really? I just, I don't know. See, like, see the thing though, with, with what you were saying there, Diana, about, uh, you know, and Bob's saying people doing 70 and 80 takes, right? Yeah. And you were saying about them leaving the thing running, uh-huh. right? I remember saying to you, Diane, when you were, when you were uh, editing, when you were uh, mixing, uh-huh. and I said, how do you know when it's done? You yeah. like, you just eventually have to go right, you know. Uh, it's uh, true. It's the uh, hardest thing to but, know when something's finished. But that must be a absolute pain in the backside. Seventy, eighty takes, and to think what's the best one because everyone is going to either be totally different or very similar, but just a wee bit tweaked differently or whatever. And that would bust your chops. Mm-hmm. Surely, if somebody asked you as an actor to do seventy or eighty takes, you'd be like, ah, I right. I always remember Kubrick does that. Kubrick takes or, or the took. Uh, loads of takes and it was because 
he, he made the film in the editing suite. So he just got loads of different versions of it and then cut it however he wanted. That's how he made his film, rather than having it all pre-planned. I don't know if it was so I mean. much that he'd done that for, especially with The Shining, he'd done it to aye. fuck with Shelley Duvall. Aye, aye. He'd just done it just to fuck with her, just to get her in an emotionally broke-down state. He just made her do things again and again and again. So a lot of that is a, a kind of director as a dictator. And mm -hmm. I, I don't I don't agree with it because I think it's no trust in an actor to get yeah, there yeah, themselves. Yeah. And you're basically physically putting them through strain that's going to equate to what you're looking for mm -hmm. at the mm -hmm. end, and it's like that's a lot of effort in there when you do when you can just trust an actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's up? What? Yeah. Stephen and I are just making faces at each other. Why? What? What? Bernardo Belushi. <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> what about that? Right, you're, you're saying Aye. there you're no trusting the actor or whatever to get there, right? He didn't make a date 70 fucking times. No, it doesn't matter, right? But you're saying that. that Do you know what we're talking about here? No. No. <laughs> How do you clue people in when you last fucking hang, bring something up? Last time in Paris. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay, right, I came okay. back recently and everybody's calling yeah. Bertolucci a fucking sex offender oh, and all yeah, that yeah, nonsense. Yeah. Right, well, the uh, you were just saying there about, you know, try to get... And uh, no trust in an actor. Try right? to get because somebody that's Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick working with Jack Nicholson is way fucking different than Bertolucci working with that bird who done like one movie or something. So it's fucking way different. Sure, well, she's done one movie, but... Uh, it turns out there might have been a fucking reason why I should have done my movie. I'm right, not going to get... that good. Yeah, right, I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> no, the Can reason I was looking at there... No, no, the reason... The reason I was looking at there and there is because... You... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the listeners of Podcast Land, I'm afraid it's at this point that the, the technical team has to intervene in something to talk about tonight so that we can just fast forward this endless, endless bickering that goes on over points we've all heard before. You've heard the last Tango in Paris stuff. You've heard the breastfeeding fascist stuff. There's no need for you to hear it again. But I do like listening to people talk fast, so I've put this in. Enjoy the rest of the show, people. It's far more interesting, with far less bickering. Thank you kindly. Right. See all this passion. Let's swing all this passion over to something I know that we're both in favour passionately about. What? And it's kind of linking in because it it's feud. I know it's fucking so good. That. It is excellent. <laughs> I watched the first episode. A, right. Let's let everybody on know what it is. We have mentioned it a couple of times. Aye. Feud is a television American guys that made OJ Simpson thing, Ryan Murphy. It's his telling of the feud between Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. And the first episode aired, and it was brilliant. Aye, it was the making of uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane. Okay, have you seen that? Aye, I don't think I have. I know it. Aye, aye. Yeah, it was like Robert Aldrich and putting them film together and getting the two of them, two of them obviously famously fucking hated each other. Yeah. And uh, Stanley Tucci plays uh, Jack Warner in it. 
And the whole kind of the whole pilot was really uh, Robert Aldrich selling the movie, and nobody would take it at all because it's a new time in Hollywood now, and nobody's interested in Betty Davis and Joan Crawford, oh, okay. and their stars are waning. The she's she's got one servant. Mamacita, Mamacita. Who was a bit scary, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> she can't pay her gardeners and shit, right? So they're all, they're, both of them need this. And Joan Crawford comes across this book when she's looking for parts for older women. And she comes across this book, Mamacita. She, she tells Mamacita to go out and just buy hundreds of books with ladies on the cover, right? <laughs> she's looking for a new part. So she comes in and there is whatever happened to Baby Jane. And then reading, she realises the only person who can play the opposite part is Bette Davis, who she fucking hates. Mm -hmm. And she realises it's going to be great for both of them, so she sells it to Robert Aldrich, who's doing some Sandal movie. Can you remember what movie it was, Diane? No? No, I can't imagine. Some sword and sandals fucking thing he was doing. He thought it was terrible as well. And then she got him involved, and he had to go and shop it around all the studios. It was a great wee slice of that time in Hollywood, uh, isn't it? All but it's super fucking bitchy. <laughs> well, they were, man. They were evil cows to each other. And it's not holding back. And it's obviously its language didn't hold back, which has shocked the American public slightly, which I found quite entertaining. Stanley Tucci was not a fan. Uh, Jack Warner, brother, was not a fan of <laughs> Bette Davis. No, he, he, he was not her a guts, fan. Man. She basically destroyed his uh, contract system with the studios ah. because she sued him. And uh, it basically destroyed the contract system. So oh, right, he okay. said, I will never work with her again. That cunt! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, America freaked out slightly the use of that word. Did that really? I didn't yeah. know that until you told me that time. I checked it out on Twitter and stuff. <laughs> but no, I thought the colouring of it was brilliant and the just Jessica Lang was stupendous. Oh my God, how good was she, as, I know. Uh, Joan Crawford. But then I think Sarah didn't. Sand and just might steal the show that when she arrived as Baby Jane and character whole, that was brilliant man because uh, the whole thing is it's basically Joan Crawford as the lead right up to Sarandon's in it you know and then they start doing Baby Jane and then she unveils herself in the famous Baby Jane the baby doll makeup sort of right. thing and she walks through the set and it's fucking hilarious and it's brilliant <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I'll need to try and watch episode 2 which I believe aired tonight tonight yes yes no, shall? Sunday night. This this airs Friday, so it doesn't air on a Friday. It airs on a Sunday oh, uh, yeah, night. Uh, okay, yes. Aired on recording show, night. This show comes out on a Friday. So we'll have seen it by then. Oh, I'll Aye. be very confused. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep Go. you updated, people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. What did you do, Diane? <laughs> What's happened to you, I, I hit my knee off the edge of the table there in my enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah. And now we've got, oh, yeah. It'll be gone, it'll be gone. Or I Talk might leave it in because we've spoke of it, but who can say? Talking of mishaps, little mishaps, do you ever get anything that, that happens? Now we're talking about leaving, leaving tape running or whatever, or even on stage. Do you ever get anything that happens that actually works brilliantly? That's been a pure fluke? That's worked brilliantly. I do remember, and fun enough, in the first play I did, the time of the Conways, um, there's a scene where my character comes back from the, the First World War and it's, oh, Robin's home, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And then there's this beautiful scene between the mother and son as, as he's returned from war. And then one night uh, I came back, oh, Robin's back from war, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then everyone left the stage, including my mother. <laughs> <laughs> I just left me on stage to my own devices, to which I could see in the wings many people pushing her back on, going, you're still on, you're still on, you're still on. <laughs> so yeah. it wasn't good, but... Well, <laughs> did it work? No. no. <laughs> so it was an obvious glaring error. Yes, yes. The, uh, 
But about yourself. Well, it, when you're doing stuff like uh, comedy, especially when you're doing sketch on stage, sometimes some stuff goes wrong. It's mm. funny because people people enjoy seeing something or oh, that wasn't meant to happen. People enjoy it as long as you can keep it together. Okay. You know, mm. and, was, and you can. Did you work on the Lemmy show? Didn't I did. Yeah. What was that like for that kind of thing? Was that? Was that? Did like, you? Were you involved in the writing? No. Right. Is he just as mad as he's writing? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Oh, I love Lemmy. F- fucking love him. I'm gonna be honest. Totally love him. No, no, not not at all. Uh, he, he really knew what he wanted for everything, for every for every sketch. He really knew. He really had a, a vision of what everything was meant to be and, and how how he saw all the, the characters, mm. the characters in it. See, see the one where he's sitting in the boardroom and he's talking about I've got these new characters. Right. Have you seen that episode? Have you seen what? Do you like Lemmy? Like the the, the yeah. show, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. So I'm, I'm not trying to land you in the ship with Lemmy here by asking you that, but see that episode where where he's like, I've got these new characters. Yeah. Uh, the guy's always he's covered in water, and you don't know how he's covered in water. And then the one where he says, uh, "You've got drunk lassie," and she shows up at the, she shows up at the funeral, uh, the most weird places and all that, yeah, yeah. right? And, uh, and he goes away into them all, and he's got, and then I've got this guy, but but one of my favourite bits of the guy goes. What's the problem? And they're all sitting there laughing. He goes, ah, and he's laughing. He's going, he's not get it. Blah. And they're all sitting there looking at him. And he's going, what's the problem? What's the, what's the problem? And he keeps saying it. And he goes, oh, that was funny on the house, right? <laughs> See when he is trying to do something like make that make the Libby show. Is it like that? Does everybody get where he's coming from? I don't think so. I mean, I, I'd certainly said to him in the past. You know, uh, I, I I was you know I, I laughed at that, but I'm not quite sure. Well, it was something funny, and <laughs> no. uh, I think he's—I think he's, he's aware of that—that that, that people don't always, even people who really like him, don't always laugh at everything he does. But you know, that's—I mean, I think for every, not just the ones I was in, I think every episode had three or four things in it that were just gold. Uh, what was the advantages of you as a writer and a director being on set and watching another writer and director? He does direct his shows, doesn't he? Does, well, yeah, so, yeah. And you're—you're you're a writer director yourself on set watching another writer director. What advantages are in that? Um, I mean, obviously, getting to see somebody sort of work at close quarters is is, is interesting. I, I I don't know what I would say that I took from it. It's a different thing that he's doing, though. But it's, it's the same type of job, but I guess it's different material for what you do, isn't it? Yeah, I, 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 it is. Yeah, but I, again, a lot of uh, Brian's stuff came from obviously ob- observation, you know, and heightened, uh, you know, heightened awareness, you know, and just taking it all to the next to the next level kind of thing. But. Uh, um, I, I mean, I, I think I got more out of just sitting t- talking to him, really, than watching him than watching him on set. You know, mm. uh, just sort of listening to what what he sort of thinks about it, because he's very much the kind of guy that you sit down with who you, he spots bullshit quite well. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, just reading about you or just what people have said to him, and uh, you know, I think I got more f- from that, just sort of talking mm. to him more. Because when I first met him. I, we were doing. I was doing a sketch show called You Owe Me Glue, uh, and and he'd started doing live stuff, uh, and he, he was sort of doing wee bits of live things as, as well, kind of thing. And so we we kind of got talking about comedy and, oh, and right. about you know do, doing stuff on stage and coming up with ideas oh. and stuff like that, kind of thing, oh. you know. 
Well, you've directed, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What did you take for directing? Is this the you're directing? Is a short film? Is that right? Short films, yeah. And what was yeah. the short film? Uh, I've done a few. Um, the first one. What was the first one? The first one was <laughs> a piece of shit called Black and White. It's not a piece of shit. It's oh, your first no, movie. It's not. It's, I mean, it was thrown together. <laughs> it, it was all born. Uh, I think I can say this. I fuck it. Um, <laughs> it was all born out of a, a casting session right. with the casting director of the National Theatre Scotland, who was a horrid woman. Right, right, um, right. And we, me and my wife came, both came out of a casting of that and just said, fuck it, let's just do something. something that I, so that, that's what came out of it. And it was right. written in a day and aye. shot in a day and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. So it was off. How, how so you, so you, sorry, just, I'm getting to something. Were you established as an actor when you started like directing male short films and had you worked? Aye, aye. I was kind of known a wee bit as an actor. Aye, so what do you take then when you're going to direct something working well a director? I'm one of the annoying... Actor directors. Are you like in the camera and fucking what are you doing? Was well, that? No, was no, that? No, was no, that kind no of? such. But everything kind of leans on the performance slightly. Right. Um, so it's really important for me to get a really good director of photography ah, that okay. I can just leave to do his job. Right. Um, and everything starts to to lean towards the script and the, the performance. Where did you uh, take that for? Is that just the way that you feel? Did just you see another director doing that? Um, no, just because that that's how I'd approach a script is from a performance yeah. level. Um, but I mean, I love directing film because of the team aspect of it and all that. I love all that. Um, but it's still just enough on a film set. I don't know. When oh. You've wrote something and then you just look out there and it's just alive. It's just oh, it's the best, isn't it? But it's like you say as well when you're directing, you've no time because everybody's oh. asking you questions. Yeah. No matter what happens afterwards, when you start <laughs> thinking back, you know. Right. What were you going to say, Steve? All right. Uh, no, I, was too, I, was, I was actually engrossed in that whole conversation there. <laughs> the, uh, now you were talking about a casting director, right? And uh, mm. and uh, the uh, somebody from the National Theatre of Scotland, yeah. right? Doing casting. Um, see, when you go to these, you know, I, I, I asked you kind of off microphone how you get, how you actually, how does somebody actually get involved in becoming an actor, right? And then how do you get to the point when you are, you say you are an actor, right? How do you, I mean, you can, I mean, in my opinion, you know, the the world. My my dad made a point about James McAvoy, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and he said, of course they can act. He's from Drumchapel, and we're from Drumchapel, right? Mm-hmm. Now the fact is, he says your whole life is, you know, doing something to try and get out of a bit of bother or trying, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, so yeah. he said, oh, of course they can act. He's from Drumchapel. Now the thing is, how do you get to the point where you can say, you know, confidently, I am an actor, or and and does that come from uh, from teaching, or does it come from confidence, or does it come from you know? And and when does it come? I'm sorry, there's a lot of questions. Paycheck. Right. He's yeah. first paycheck. <laughs> <actually. laughs> no, but also, when does it come to the point where you turn around and you've got a casting director there, and you're trying to impress somebody? Where? How do these steps actually come? How do they? Because you hear about these people, you know, they go for their first reading before you know it, they're in Aragon. Have <laughs> <laughs> you seen Aragon? I've not seen that guy's a rookie now. He's fascinated with that wee actor who's the lead in that. Uh, it's like a big Dungeons and Dragons type oh, of movie. Yeah, Robert yeah. Carell was in, and the lead in that. He's fascinated because the, the lead in it. I don't think he wanted to be an actor in life. No, no, yeah, no, you can yeah. do that, Can you make sure we're not making that up? <laughs> Who the lead in Aragon is? Because he's said for years that that boy ended up as a brickie. <laughs> Find out if that's true or not, I, I can't picture that. I remember the film, but I can't picture that. Uh, but, so, how, how does it come to the, the point where you are, you know, you get the. Obviously, you must get people who are just naturally gifted, and you could probably say that guy is, you know, like a lot of the Ken Loach stuff, he picks a lot of people up off the street, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Um, and they they become either they become good actors through his directing, or they just have na- a natural ability to kind of mould themselves into, into a certain character. 
or whatever. And how do you how do you know you know? Oh, this guy's an actor. You know, a guy said to me in my work, oh, all these people was talking about the Oscars, handing out awards. Oh, you pretended to be somebody here's an award. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. You're, like, <laughs> you're saying it's a wee bit more than that, you know. But how how <sighs> in depth is it? You know, I, I, it's it's different. It's you know, it's like if you make a film, you're a filmmaker in my eyes. You know, no matter what it turned out as. What's that fucking snigger? Steven's full of shit, man. <laughs> Is it the guy you think he's a brickie? Ed Spielers, who was the Eragon, the character. Right, go. Right. No, well, he's been in probably three of the biggest things in telly in the past five years. Downton Abbey, Wolf Hall, and Al- he was an Alice through the looking glass with Johnny so, Depp. So right. I think he's doing all right. Ah, right. And was I, Steven, when, I think listen, he's doing all right. When was Eragon? When was Eragon? When was it? Yes, 2006. Uh, oh, 2006, tell me. When was it? 2006. Oh, Bob was right. right. 2006, aye. Right. Then, then when was his next part? So he was a brickie before... Right, so between the Eragon <laughs> and... <laughs> he did Eragon in 2006, and then he was in a TV series for several years called Moving Wallpaper. Which started when, what year? 2008. So there's a two-year gap. He may have been a brickie in there. Uh, moving Wallpaper, maybe that's your confusion. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm sure... I, do you know, <laughs> my, my memory's vague on this. Who read Spielers, man? Right, right, fuck. Fuck Google, right? <laughs> if you look up the internet, internet brickie, I'm on internet movie database. This is, this is an accurate one. Right. 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 Brickies are up to you. Right. Testatrader.com. See if he's on there. <laughs> <laughs> Rated people. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> so, right, I was laughing anyway. Back to your answer. But, I was I I was saying if you make a film you're a filmmaker you know and if you're acting or something you're an actor, but it's it's different because you know you've got your Ken Loach films as you say who and he he casts he deliberately casts non actors so that they they come across as the you know I'm trying so to think of an like example. Italian neorealism basically is that kind of thing. Aye, you know, like, and they all done that. They cast people for the place because you know you get the flavour of the real place. That's it. Aye. People, so you know you're, you're casting a a 16 year old wee Ned, then you cast Martin Comston, Greenock <laughs> or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, it just fits. Um, so you know it's, it's it's a kind of combination of the teaching and the talent and the craft and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Have you ever go to a part and you've thought this is too much? I can't I can't figure this out. Um. Not yet. That's good. Uh, uh, whether I, whether I've completed the task, I don't know. But where are you originally from? Glasgow. Right, Glasgow. whereabouts? North, near Possel. Near Possel, right? Springburn area up that ah, way. Exactly. Right, yeah. right. So you're fair up there, right? Now, obviously, going and playing Hamlet characters, you know, mm-hmm. it's a big step. You know, as Bob says, is there anything where you felt uncomfortable? Where do you just have you always had an interest in that? So you uh, knew. Aye. I, I mean that that kind of comes for teaching, I'd say. Um, Is it? Aye. So you know, what, when you do it at school or whatever, if you get an interest in it, and you're you're kind of hooked into it a wee bit. Um, but performance-wise, it's difficult because some people can just go up and do it, and other people need to look at a script and tear it apart and work yeah. it all and things. So it's different depending what's on your, who you what's are, your process. Do you have a like? I mean, obviously you've done enough parts now. Do you have like a set kind of thing that you do, um, like how you approach them? Nothing ritual um, yeah. I just uh, whatever the script is I kind of take it for there do you um, feel the character do you have to, uh, no <laughs> I'm just uh, do you feel it because you, you hear these stories about uh, 
uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, I, I can't do that. No. I can't do that. I'd be what exhausted. Oh, I couldn't do it. Oh, the one I like is, I think, if I was an actor, if I was brave enough to be an actor, I would be the kind of actor, right? What? Sorry, heat of doors, that's classic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stealing that, I like it. <laughs> De Niro, when he, I remember I read when he was uh, uh, playing Ace Rusty in Casino, it was all about the wardrobe for him, so he right. started uh. up with a pinky ring. Okay, that's yeah, how he yeah. found that character was just through a pinky ring and then it was a watch and then it was a pair of shoes and it was socks right, yeah. so he started there so when he because he, he had long hair at the time as well and then he cut the hair and he got it was like then when he looked at his cell and he see, and he, then that's where Ace Rothstein came from uh, so I'm guessing but I, I don't think he does that for every part so I'm guessing right, you know, aye, is, aye. do you think there's ever a, is there a he wants to know if you're kicking about the house in a camel's hook there is always a hook there's something that gets something. you in um, mm. and it can be called costumes a big thing I, I like Guinness said it was the walk you got the walk mm. of the character first oh right really and it, the rest the rest came through well that's weird that you should say that because I thought that Susan Sarandon's walk when she was being Betty Davis was amazing yeah. that was one of the the things that actually weirdly caught my attention just when you say that about uh, Guinness as well and it it is about how somebody carries himself so I could see mm-hmm. why a walk would be an important thing in a character because mm. it says a lot about you know, people who confidently stride out or those who shuffle your, or whatever. Uh, how you shift yeah. your body weight as you I, move. Uh. I would think that a walk is quite a good I've good heard that, start that Guinness based all his characters and animals as well. Mm. So Do each you agree part with is that? a different animal. Um, it can be useful. Hey. Uh, well, you know, like if, if you're playing... I don't know, something that's quite sprightly. If you're playing something quite sprightly, you might look at a kind of flighty animal and it kind of gives you a... How would a you translate that into what you do as an actor? Well, see, it, it, it wouldn't be an impersonation of it, it would just be kind of adding wee elements of it. So in. you'd be like, think emu? No, before you do a scene, though. See, this is being like moved like a. Like, uh, what was the one? Who was it? Was it De Niro? That was De Niro again talking about uh, Travis Bickle. Mm-hmm. He says he, he felt like, I think it was that, he moved like a crab. Okay, right. So right. that he'd be like, kind of that kind of. So he saw a crab and that's how he would move. And mm-hmm. he, so see, he took that as. See Christopher Walken in the uh, Fat Boy Slim thing, me. Video. Oh, I, 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 I would fail to believe that he didn't. Move like an animal in certain aspects of that. Have you seen see the oh, way yeah. he moves about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And to me, that, that, if if I was to mm. uh, see when you look at when you look at that, I don't know. I can see certain animal characteristics well, in I, it. I and believe that's a professional dancer, isn't he? Aye, yes. he was a professional dancer. So I'm guessing is that no like a, is that no an exercise where they, they do that? Kind well, of? We were, I, I was, dare say. Yeah. I was taught about this. Off. Do all actors do that as well when you're getting taught at whatever? Yeah. Place you're at, you have to be the animal. Oh, yeah. You ever been Dan, a tree? Dan, you've done I've it again. Have oh, you done that shit? Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Dan, you've done it again. What? Remember what the, the, what the other week there? I said to you, you always come in with the question that I'm about to ask. Oh, and, that's right. And you've done it again. I was about <laughs> to ask it because I was about to say about being abstract. You know, oh, well, be you the ha- animal. I uh, be the animal. So when you do do acting classes, when you do you as now I was saying I was saying off microphone before. Is there a lot of abstract stuff going on that actually uh, when you're learning? Yeah. Is that yeah. To, is that to Make you lose your shame. I know it sounds a bit disgraceful, but no, I think it's to kind of open up your brain to it. Can it, so it's not, you know, as you're talking, you're looking for your hook to get in. So it's maybe not just picking something How easy. How long were you going? This is a lot of shit before you actually gave her and uh, you kind of do it. You kind of uh, get through it, and then you kind of go, oh, "That wasn't for me." Kind of thing. Uh, There's a great um, 
<laughs> myth. I think it's a myth. I don't know if it's true, but um, you know, you go into auditions and some people say, "I want you to be the colour blue." And you're like, "Fuck the colour blue." But apparently, one person was saying they put a chair in the middle, and people were coming in for the audition and go, "I want you to fuck the chair." Oh. And apparently, one girl picked the chair up, threw it out the window, like smashed the window. I said, "Well, it's fuck now." <laughs> I'd she love to think that's true. Uh, I'd love to think she'd go to the park. She would have been running after that fucking chair. She'd have been running after that fucking chair and bringing it back and fixing it. <laughs> See, as well, though, um, it's not quite been the animal. The first time I ever did sound on a theatre show, um, I was there and the actors were warming up before they went on stage. And they were mm. all doing their, they were like throwing a ball to each other and kind of interactively game things and at first I was like what the hell's going on here <laughs> however they then started to do something which I loved and it was the um, like the, to get their mouth ready and it was like ba ba and they were repeating various vowels and sounds and stuff yeah. and I ended up, I actually stole that and I use it now before gigs for singing mm, and it does eye. help but at first when they were like throwing the ball and playing games I was like <laughs> right this is a weird way to rehearse <laughs> do you know what I mean right, but yeah. I then totally got about the interaction on stage, but especially the vocal side of it. I was like, oh, wow, I'm stealing that. And I do still to this day uh, use kind of actory things as well, just to loosen up yeah, all the vocal cords. Advice to Tom? Or you I, no, I've, I've done that before before plays. I, no, there's, there's one, in fact, I was kind of suggesting to Paul and Natalie to do mm-hmm. that when mm-hmm. in between the interval, because you were talking about going from one play again they're kind of different into the other one and having 10 minutes to do it and how yeah. how do you kind of loosen Cleanse up the palate yeah exactly yes exactly yeah, yeah. Uh, so i know i was suggesting that you find a, a sort of game mm. to do to bring out that Coppola stuff. does that on his film sets and obviously before they attack Coppola gets all the actors in a big circle and they pretend like they're holding a ball and they make funny noises and throw wow, it to yeah, a certain yeah. they go boom all that shit yeah. just loosens the actors up <coughs> have, you, yeah, have yeah. you seen the uh the the animated film rango no, they acted that whole thing as a play, in uh, in a studio <laughs> when they were making it. Oh, they they right. just went in their studio and they acted out as a play before they actually done their reads for the. So, uh, in many animations, the people don't meet each other, mm. but in that they did. They acted yeah. it as a play. So basically, Johnny Depp's walking about going meh meh like the like the like the the uh, what the do you call it? The I was it's an iguana or whatever it's it is. A, a, lizard, a, a lizard, right? So um, he he's he has there's there's I don't know if it's on YouTube, but I have seen footage yet. He's he's got meh. He's got a crunchy, creamy cookie candy and all that. And the, you know, and there's people actually standing watching him uh, doing that, playing it like it's a real scene. Aye, aye. And, but that's a it's it, when you see it as a as this wee animated lizard, you're like. Ha ha ha! That's funny. When you see him doing it, and I'm talking about being abstract, you're like, ah, "That is fucking insane." Oh, right. You know, just back to what we were talking about off mic, and that you, you've got to put your your trust into whoever's giving you the final product. You know what I mean? Aye. To, to not look like a dick. Essentially, because <laughs> <laughs> you are. But then you must believe in the script when you. Yeah, yeah, but it's still got to get out there. Do you know what I mean? It's it's all very well you going up saying whatever you're saying or doing whatever you're doing, but it's got to be done right, or you'll look. You'll look like a dick. Is that where the trust comes in with the director? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the writer even as well. Yeah, yeah. So that's the interest. So that's the preparation of an actor. What's the preparation of a writer? And then what's the preparation of a director? Mm. Two parts for you. Right. Well, because I, mean, I, mean, I guess it's solitary. Sorry to cut you off, but it's, yeah. it's a different thing altogether. Because your preparation as a writer is completely alone, isn't it? I yeah, mean, you're yeah, solitary. Pretty much. But surely, yeah. sh- I'm cutting you off again. Oh. Directing wise, <laughs> when you're writing, 
you are also directing in your mind, surely. Yeah, k- kind of. Uh, yeah, but um, and aye. Then what do you if you no? <laughs> <laughs> Who wants tea? Diane, can you cut? Can you cut Mike's <laughs> one or two four things? Oh, I love to cut a wee bike or two every so often. Don't you worry? <laughs> well, pre- preparation for, for writing it. I mean, I tend to write a lot of notes. Uh, first of all, or sometimes I'll have a line I want to get in, and I know I want that joke in or that thing in. So I write a lot of notes first. Uh, and think about it a lot before I actually sit down. I actually sit down to, to write it, kind of thing. And you go, mm. right, I need this needs to get done by a certain date. So I'll sit it's down. A lot and, of cleaning your house. I'll sit down and write. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of procrastination. Yeah, but you sort of you sort of use like things like Evernote to compile just different wee bits. I'll have that. I'll have that. And sometimes what's fun is kind of watching films. Going well, this is a kind of this is going to be like. Um, I've watched like romantic comedies. I think a couple of years ago, the one we did in like, 2014. I watched things like Annie Hall again, yeah. or uh, Sleepwalk with Me. If you've Probably. seen that, um, what was that? Uh, no, that. Sleepwalk with Me. Uh, fucking hell, um, Mike Birbiglia's film. Ah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Mike Birbiglia, the comedian. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Sleepwalk with Me. That's called that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it was things like that I watched, and, and uh, I didn't want about. Um, Called Boss Snappers about a group of factory workers kidnapping their boss, and I watched a lot of kidnapping films. <laughs> that must have been fun, a lot of kidnapping kind of movies. Yes, yeah, so I watched a lot of th- things, uh, even dark things like the Candy Snatchers, which is quite kind of brutal. Uh, to uh, you know what I mean, to a life less ordinary and things like that. Uh, it's please fun. tell me you watched Nine to Five. As I did watch Nine to Five. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Classic kidnap movie, classic. So I do things like that, but <laughs> stuff like that's kind of fun to do as well, kind uh, of thing. And then when you're directing it. Uh, I don't know. You, you, you're kind of again. You've got the actors in mind, and you, you, you kind of let them bring stuff to it as well. Because the play we did last year, I didn't realise that Natalie's character was as funny. Uh, I thought her character was kind of glamour, but then when Natalie came in, and I was like, I didn't know this character. This part was as funny mm-hmm. as Natalie made it. I know she's not here, but give us a wee insight into Natalie Clark. You know, is she what? What's she? She's wonderful. I'd, I'd sit and watch Natalie read the dictionary. I think. She's brilliant. Yeah, is she thoroughly engaging on on the? Oh yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Aye. Yeah, no, she's just she's, she's terrific. I don't understand why she's not an, an awful lot more popular. Mm-hmm. Aye. Is is she done a lot of you know TV stuff or is it just theatre? Is she bits and pieces? Yeah. yeah she's not here. Yeah, yeah. No, shut up. Yeah. Just, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get in touch with the fact that she has been here though. Alright, well, yeah, she's, she's here in small mercies. Yeah. 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 She's here for small mercies, aye. Aye, small mercies. So how did that come about? What was your well, again? Well, that came about because uh, Callum, uh, uh, positively Scottish, uh, he came along to a lot of the sort of theatre stuff, like short attention span theatre mm-hmm. that uh, Karen and I had done, and he just asked us if we wanted to do something. He wanted to do a sort of podcast um for the website the supposedly scottish website and he cited things like uh like the two ronnies you know the two ronnies used to do a serial the one the one that turns uh and he cited he cited that as an idea and the bruins was the other reference point he gave us as well (laughs) so carla and i had a kind of rough brief uh, (laughs) kind of thing uh so we went off and and yeah well we we sat down in a coffee shop one day and then just sort of spitballed ideas for about four hours so what uh, was the? Were you involved in the writing process of that? As yeah, well? well, Karen and I wrote it together, right. and we, we worked out who we were going to write for. Ah, right, and again, right. Paul, Natalie, and uh, and our friend ours, Joanna Harper, uh, Can you? and myself. Yeah, 
So, uh, yeah, and, and that was... Uh, we could, again, we sort of spitballed mm. ideas and we'd sit it in Did it? Was it something that had a definitive end? Because there's ten episodes of that? Yeah. And no, it was no, something that was written to have an end? Or was not it something really. That I think, think the last one's the only one there's a real sort of plot to, <laughs> actually. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I thought that was like a cliffhanger. <coughs> it kind of was. I, I, I like the cliffhanger aspect of that. Aye. It kind of was, but we so never had what a it is first Before telling us there's a cliffhanger in it, what is it? Well, well, basically, it's, it's just really about bit four people that want in an office kind of thing. Right. And we, and we just hung it's a, a radio lot. play of four people want in an office. Uh, it's sort of um, it's a, it's a sitcom. Each episode is about six minutes, Aye. six, seven minutes kind of thing. And uh, I, a lot of stuff came from things that we'd both experienced in offices and workplaces. Kind of thing. Like I worked in an office, for example, where the toilet didn't work. And instead of sending everybody home, they told us we could use the toilet in another building. So everybody <laughs> did soup across the road and walk for 20 minutes in our toilet uh, every time you needed to go to the toilet. <laughs> and we could have that in an episode kind yeah. of thing, you know. So it was just. Have you, have you seen Office like, Space, the movie? Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, and you see what they did with the stapler. <laughs> that is just. Uh, my, my wife worked in an office for years and she says, That's what it's like. That's what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's the tiny stuff yeah. that actually really gets your goat. Is that the, is that the same way with, uh, with your 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 sitcom? Is it the, the, the is the tiny details in it? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aye. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, was that lovely thing that nothing was ever really about the office? It was no. it's always always about something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just a hook to hang the jacket of the thing yeah. on. You know, aye. You what was the difference? Gripe? The the audio act, when you're acting, just is, is there a difference in that? When you, do, when you know it's just for audio, do you kind of approach it differently? Well, you do, it's more more writing. I think it's more tricky for mm. um, because you do have to get across. Imagine you watch many your inflection and how you say things because you can your performance basically is is how you say yeah. what, the emphasis you put on the words because you have to make up everything else that you're missing yeah, with yeah. seeing your face when you say it. So do you have to punch certain words and do you feel yourself? Yeah, yeah, you do. You have to shape your performance a wee bit and. And colour it a wee bit more. Right. And it's that horrible thing, the same with film as well, but maybe more so is that once you've done it, it's done, and that's Aye. it. You can't change it. Is there a danger going too far? Am I not going far exactly, enough? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Aye, that, that's the f- there's a funny uh, bit in the uh, Jim Carrey movie, Liar Liar, <laughs> where, see, there's, see the bloopers? We're talking about bloopers. Yeah. That, well, they're, they're in court and they're he's shouting at the they're all shouting at the uh, it's one lawyer shouting to the next overacting. and she's aye oh, yeah. and she shouts <laughs> overacting he goes and he just he, he ends himself doesn't he just laughing but that that can be the case you know you could I mean Jim Carrey is guilty of overacting but but that's why people love Jim Carrey for that you know mm-hmm. um, but the uh, but there must be a danger of overacting things you know especially on radio yeah. you know especially when you're no when you're no there if, you, if you're trying to deliver a word maybe you yeah, like you yeah. say you, you, you see it and then you go oh no I went too far oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we recorded it quite quickly as well yeah, so it was, it was kind of done before you knew it so. <laughs> crazy again I mean that's fun obviously if you're rehearsing for theatre you can overact in rehearsals and then bring it you know bring it down kind of mm-hmm. thing and sometimes that's good when you go just go for it just make it as big just as, Nicholas Cage it. as big as you want <laughs> kind of thing you know and then you take a wee bit oh that bit was good but bring that down or whatever <laughs> excellent you directed a short western the can I go away without talking about it yeah. So did I. Yeah, it was so here. Aye. You, What's it like? We're in the trenches, mate. <laughs> We're in the trenches together. We done it together. We made a cowboy movie in Glasgow. So I, I used to think I was the only cunt that could say that. Thanks very much. <laughs> well, yours didn't go to Cannes, though. So that's, ah, that's yours barely went in, though, man. I don't fucking know why we're at. What, how, how did that start? Where did that come from? It was something that was always burning away at me that I wanted to make a Western. Um, 
For what? For just watching westerns, just loving ah, westerns. What was your favourite westerns? I'm un- Unforgiven. Is right up there. Language uh, there, absolutely. You know I mean? eh? um, and we were we were talking about it as well, and it's how you you know you got your grandasus and that's up on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> <That's> right, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and it, it was getting to a stage where I thought, right, well, I'll, I'll maybe do it in a few years, but I can get a bit of money together, blah blah blah. And I was wasn't getting any money for films, so it was all coming out the pocket all the time. And I thought, oh, do you know what? Fuck it, I'll just do it, and we'll just make whatever we're making, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, I kind of got my my a writing partner Colin Little on board and we kind of both wrote it and Colin played the lead as well right um, and we, we shot it in four days in, in Cow down in Argyle and yeah it's alright it's alright <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do very much in the, in the festival it was, it was long what was the story what was the idea what was uh, it? Revenge we just went for straight western kind of thing. Um, got to though. Uh, the, the, my thought here is, if you're going to live in that genre, then fucking play in it. Exactly. Do exactly. It. Don't try and reinvent it. That was its problem. It was thirty minutes long, uh, and uh, it, it was just too long for the festivals. I think. The, uh, the one well, who's was twenty-seven? Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you know, me, and my producer, my wife Janice, uh, had loads of discussions about you know should we cut this? Can we get it down to maybe sixteen minutes or something like that? But. When we started to cut it, it was taking out all all your lovely wide shots and your yeah, slow yeah. pace, not, and it just stopped being a western That's and just it, exactly a, a boy right. in a hat. You know what I mean? So, so we just <laughs> kept it as it was, and but it was great. I love it. There's nothing. There's nothing weirder though than looking through the camera and seeing a cowboy. Ah, brilliant! It's fucking amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. <laughs> Where can we see you, Bob? Yeah. Where can we see you? Ah, it's on YouTube. No, it's not on YouTube. It's on Vimeo. Vimeo. Right. Right. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's nothing. There's nothing stranger than seeing a cowboy and trying to cut the piling at the background, right. <laughs> yeah. and then and then a plane flies and you're like, right, start again. Right. Well, that's the only thing. We've got one. We've got a couple of goofs in the movie, I think. Uh, his brother will know better, but uh, there's a plane that flies there, and oh. John, oh, his brother, for fucking hours, like overnight, was sitting trying to distort it enough so that it didn't sound oh, like a plane. Aye. I think he done a great job. I'll be honest, I was fucking very happy with it because I was like, I play, but and like one prick noticed. Oh. So yeah, we won. Who was it, John Stewart? No, no, it was a prick. You don't know. Oh, yeah. we had a similar thing. It was because we shot it kind of in forestry mm-hmm. and about fucking 10 miles away there was somebody cutting down all the trees with a big huge saw but that's all you heard through the, we couldn't hear it during the day you know, the sound guys hearing it but that's it <laughs> we've got a great blooper where uh, uh, to drop another name Diane David Heyman mm-hmm. is running away in the scene and where we found it in the drum he's running away and just at the time he's running away an ice cream van starts going <laughs> and it's weird too it's like you hear the jingle and he's running almost in time with the ice cream van because eh? <laughs> uh, basically you're in the woods in, in Drum Chapel and the uh, and basically to your right is all woods to your left is the scheme you know what I mean so yeah and we, we had a bit of fear obviously that when when uh, there was a there was a part where uh, the but the very first, the very kind of opening scene with with the horse and that, mm-hmm. right? Where uh, where all the kind of young team, like, there's a guy out there with a camera, there's a oh. horse, there's a cowboy, <laughs> let's go. Uh, in the middle of Ken Foy's driving the drum, and uh, during the day, it was fucking quite sunny. I'm not trying to be the enforcer, going like, ah, fuck <laughs> he was running and chasing Neds. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what are you filming? And I had the tag up. <laughs> <laughs> tag up with a cowboy. He's talking about, talking about football. The. Uh, <laughs> The in Taggart, mm. one of your mates played a football player in Taggart, and it was the most unconvincing football player in ah, the world. F- was it known Patrick Thistle? Ah, uh, was, was it Strathclyde oh, Thistle? Was it the bird call? Ah, I can't remember. But he, uh, he, he ended up, 
he was playing. He had he came out to play. He, didn't, he played football, right? But they gave him a really crap pair of football boots to run about and wreck before he actually went. So because he was to look like he played regularly. Uh-huh. So uh, he's wearing these football boots, and they actually, I'm sure there was a there was a close up of him with the ball at his feet, <laughs> you know. And uh, and then I think he died in it, didn't he? Did he die? He in died. It? No, I don't. He died in that one. He died in one. He was in two episodes. But the the one, the football one, he had a speaking part in it. And it was something about a nightclub. Is like a, it's no my scene. They said, wasn't it? That what was his line. Where were they going? They're going to the lair. Are you going to the lair? They're yeah. going to the lair. Is no my scene. <laughs> no. I'm sure that was his line. Uh, right? See, that's so the one thing that, get, that, that really kind of gets me about uh, like the whole uh, when you're trying to get a, a real genuine feel is somewhere. Yeah, I, see, to be honest, I think you would need to subtitle somewhere. If you know, subtitle Glasgow if you were if you were trying to get the real genuine theme yet, because that some of this stuff, uh, Bob and I have sat down and we've tried to write things. Um, uh, no, tried to. We have. We've written things, and some of the stuff that happens, mm-hmm. and like uh, one of them was a Glasgow Bolton site, and the one thing that happens, and I've worked in Bolton sites, I still want Bolton sites, is that when see when somebody goes to get up. After the tea, they go. Ah, I suppose, I suppose, ah, right. And you're like that. What the fuck does that even mean, <laughs> right? But how do you actually get that genuine thing? See, when you're writing, yeah, yeah, how do you get that genuine feel? You know, you can't. Can you put that in a film? Can you put that in? I think you can. Eh? Is that what that David Simon did with the wire? He sort of yeah. went. Oh, oh, you just, just no worry if it travels. Exactly. Over. You just need to catch up with it. If you don't understand it, you need. You know. Just well, you could have like Yankee guys giving it ah, I suppose I suppose eh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, what the hell does that even mean is it odd ain't it this is the thing you know I think you get that it's sort of language this is just something people say you know rather than I don't think people would, would be sort of what does he mean there what is that I think you would you would pick it up really I mean maybe if it was a sort of you know Merchant Ivory thing where somebody was getting up and going eh, I suppose I better that's the one thing that does get me you know when you're writing for you know like real when you're writing like a real person you're trying to create a real person uh-huh. and and they don't seem as genuine without these little yeah, yeah, yeah. daft things that people say mm-hmm. I don't know why they say them I but I know maybe because of where we're fed though and we see that because we're brought up on a diet of American movies yeah. and we don't see our characteristics and a lot of things in that mm. so when we do see it we're like oh right aye, that's like I like Ken Loach that's, that's yeah, why yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I know what Bob's dream is for writing right I know what he wants to make movie wise right what would be the dream for you to make f- that, that, that would that would uh, escalate you know Scottish film because we, we know that Scottish film, we spoke about this in a, p- a previous podcast, the Scottish film, it has to have a, a, a socially thing me undertone Aye. and all that, responsible undertone and you're yeah. like that. That's fucked up because you can't really make a good movie with it has, you know. Maybe an agenda. Yeah. So, yeah. so how... I, I don't really think about things like that, which is probably why I'm not that successful. Because <laughs> I don't really think about what needs addressing or what, what you no, know... No, like, we wish your, wish your thing. What, what, what would what be, what, what would you do yeah. if you could do anything to, to escalate Scottish film or Scottish theatre? What would you do that, you know, that you think, you know, I want I, to make one of them? I, I think I'd just write about people that I know or people that I've seen, or, you know... Uh, Aye, I mean, yeah, would it be I'm, comedy? Would it be comedy? Probably comedy. Aye, aye, yeah, uh, I think that's what. I enjoy and if it didn't travel, most. then so what? So what? Yeah, aye, exactly. It's no further. If, if it's aye. if it's no further, it's no further. Aye, 
Do you, are are you um, willing to say what you want to do? No, aye, aye, no, aye, of course I was spoken about it already with the Jimmy Reid film. No, no, just that, the other one. What one? The one, uh, that's, Bob is getting well, to Tell it. me about the Jimmy Reid film. Well, that's the one that we want to do, is we want to make a movie about Jimmy Reid. The encompasses. Aye, well, well, that's a PC, but it encompasses okay. maybe about nine, ten years in his life. Right. For, like, the work in, uh, the, right up to, Gla- well, the movie would open with him doing his speech uh, at Glasgow University. Uh, the and, and it would, no, 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 it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, is that the Rat Race one? The, is the Rat Race, race, the race one? Uh, the Glasgow Rectory speech would be the opening, uh, and it would move back and forward in the timeline and stuff like that. And that that's kind of, that's the idea, that's, that's the film that no, I that race speech, know the one that the uh, we are not rats, we are human beings. Is that? Oh, that's that is the the. Aye, the, the other one uh, is the Nebevian one. Aye, the Nebevian. Sorry, aye. Aye, that was one. Aye, aye, the, aye. the work can I? So I the but the idea was what would what made Jimmy Reed who he was, and also we found out because we'd done a bit of research on it, mm. and we met a lot of people. Uh, obviously, you struggle with budget. Budget's a big big thing, you know, and. Um, but we met a lot of people and we had a kind of, uh, maybe like a kind of storyline down, but we didn't have so much as a as a, as a script. Nice. Um, but we had certain parts of scripts. And what we didn't have was a, so so we, uh, yeah, we had that and we had like a kind of storyline down. But what we were interested in was what makes a guy become Jimmy Reed? What yeah. makes somebody that kind of conscious and, and then become, you know, so politically aware of what's going on and and also who tries to bring him down because obviously Heath's government yeah, yeah. at the time but was actually kind of far more lefty than what the fucking Labour yeah. Party was under Blair. Mm. But uh but the uh but we were we were interested in, in the man himself. They his family weren't keen to make it focus totally on him because mm-hmm. he seen that there was a big load It wasn't of really just him that done it. There was a whole group of people, yeah. but, but the we story lends itself him. to him right. because Americans make that movie so well. The inspirational everyday guy who stands up against... It's David and Goliath. He stands up against the government and he won. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. a really, really inspirational See, story. See, if you told Clooney that story... Aye, if you, aye. I think George Clooney would be interested in making something like that. I think that's his bag. Mm-hmm. I think that's his baby. He would like doing that, but you'd have to have a very good script and stuff like that. Do you and mean the Glasgow Heist movie? The Glasgow Heist yes, movie? this was the one. So we came up with another. We, we had, we've had loads of ideas for short films and, and plays. Uh, got, just, I don't know how long we've got left, but we've got uh, the, a, a musical stuff. Aye, how long have we got left? Ten minutes? Ten minutes. Cool. Twelve, 12 minutes. minutes. There we go. <laughs> so, yeah, so the Jimmy Reed one was one of them, right? And, right. and creatively, you, uh, you guys will know that you... Yes, your ideas are always bouncing about in your head, aren't they? They've all, you've always got these kind of, and uh, Bob always when he gets a new idea, or when I get an idea, we phone each other up, and he phones me up and says, "I want to make a proper Glasgow heist film." Like, the way I see it is like a Michael Mann movie only done here, where it's no okay, jokey, yeah. it's a serious thing. There's no glorifying criminals in it. There's no real people in it. There's no civilians in it, kind of. Only the civilians in it are they're harmed maybe for a reason. Right. It's not like a you know what I mean. It's not like a stylized thing. It's more like um, like a Michael Mann kind of crime thing, but a serious thing and a Glasgow thing. And, and but it has to be real. It has to be authentic to the characters that are here because nobody's doing that. But mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Glasgow wouldn't see a creative. Half a dish be creative Scotland personally, right? But uh, so I'm not going. I've not, I've not really, to be perfectly honest, I've sat and tried to wade through some of their forms. Ah, exactly, it's like a, you need to be a lawyer. Uh, um, aye, I think there's a course on how to 
How are you doing them? Yeah. Aye. Um, or, or you need to shake some. Can I just say, yes, there is in college. Uh, <laughs> I'm not joking. Uh, there is a module all about the filling in of forms, and that's one of the uh, examples. Well, the, uh, waste of time. Aye. Uh, uh, but. Oh, you need to find a way to do it yourself. Exactly, because Creative Scotland would lend itself to something that wasn't socially conscious, you aye. know? And. Uh, so, I mean, you can forget heist movies getting made in Glasgow, even though when you look about the place, it's made for it. Do you know Aye. what I mean? It is made for it. You're like, this is a heist city. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is yeah. a. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know. Have you, you looked at that one that happened in the Argyle? The, the, the Jewelers heist kind of thing. Just, as soon as I heard that, I was mm-hmm. like, it's like a movie. Aye, Somebody should be scribbling that down <laughs> right now. But even, the even with a Jimmy Reid film. You turn around and you say, I want to make a Jimmy Reid film. What would end up happening is either you would, you would get totally your, your uh, what do you call it, your, your intellectual property would be oh, stolen. Yeah. Or uh, or they would say, oh, we've got somebody, but we, what we did get, we got uh, such and such is involved in wanting to make one of them already, mm-hmm. uh, but he's got 20 million sitting there. Mm-hmm. And you're like, ah, for God's sake, but it turned out it was a load of shite. Oh, yeah, remember that? Um, and it wasn't going to get made. But I don't know if that was the kind of scare as after chase or after trailer or whatever. But you do get, you know, certain barriers that stand up to things and, and don't lend themselves to yeah. the fact that you are trying to make something creative. You know, mm. something that, that that how do you do it? Is it possible? Is it possible mm. to you know to, to actually break down the barriers and, and like you say do it yourself? Yeah. Just so someone was told me a great kind of analogy with that, but there use the word. Um of Creative Scotland because I've always viewed Creative Scotland as this men behind desks going right impresses impresses Aye. shows what you've got but somebody once said it, it's essentially just a big door with a wee tiny guy behind it with a big pile of money not wanting you near his money because mm-hmm. he's frightened about what you're going to do with it <laughs> so you just need to convince that guy that you're the man to look after his money Aye. I thought that's quite good that's a I different know, approach the to the they'll know they're to make money <laughs> they're there for the creative arts they are there for making money. Why do you think they keep giving money to stuff about... No, but they shouldn't they be, is what I'm saying. Yeah, but they have to... The whole point of boosting the film industry is that you have to have success I'm in it to, to I, bring money back I, in. I'm so technically, sh- that is their Yeah, limit, but I'm not mean? talking solely on uh, on uh, movies. I'm talking creatively. Because see, at the end of the day... Oh, under full... Sorry, yeah, I was thinking because, of movies. No, no, just... Um, uh, artists, a lot of artists don't make money. You know, but without them, we're fucked. You know, because at the end of the day, we lose some culture. Mm. Um, the same way with musicians. Now, a lot of musicians don't make money. I personally know a certain somebody uh, who constantly gets investment from Creative Scotland, and he does fuck all. He doesn't make. He makes record after record after record, and doesn't make any money. And to me, that's. If Creative Scotland are wanting to branch out, then they should be spreading it to mm. people with different ideas. Yeah. You know, you'd say, I want to make a movie about football. It's only a short film. Do you know what? It's creative. Let's see mm. how it does. You know, so why do they keep putting money into things like about junkies and about fucking gangsters and all the stuff that's the uh, the shit end? Exactly. And so, yeah. Social awareness. If you want national lottery money, which is where a lot of funding and things come from, then What's you the have to have a. social awareness in the wee man? Well, What's the social awareness in that? There are, I mean, social awareness can come in all sorts of forms, from drink and drugs to addictions to violence to local community things, so it kind of covers a lot. Right, there's a, there's another thing I want to cover, and I'm just jumping in, cool. changing it. Um, musicals, right? We are not overly fond of musicals. Yeah, do you like musicals? Um, 
Musical theatre as such. Have you ever done musical theatre? I, uh, I don't mind musicals, but I'm not a big fan. Uh, it's that that way because sometimes I will switch off while they're doing the singing, but uh, for, for 10 minutes, <laughs> <for 10, laughs> you know. But I made it my say, it's like just shoving like an advert, it's like a commercial comes on and you switch off for 10 minutes and you go back to the film. All uh, right, so you're, uh, you're involved in, by the way, what's going on on there uh, rather than the, the singing. Like, but I, I did enjoy La La Land, but there was one or two times I was like, I can I can shut down here for a, really? for a bit. I loved La La Land, that was really good. I know, I've not seen that. No, I've not seen it. Nah, I watched the first bit yeah, and where they're singing the cars and I turned it off. It was bored shitless. Um, no, I thought that was, that was good. Though. But I then liked I liked really. Moulin Rouge. So yeah. the, uh, but I think that's because Baz Luhrmann's very interesting. Mm-hmm. The, uh, but my wife was inv- involved in musical theatre. I think we spoke about this on here before. My wife was involved in musical theatre. And, uh, and man, I'm sitting there like, okay, I'm f- the supportive husband bored at my skull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the supportive husband, that was their take on He was there too. The uh, Mikado. <laughs> I think we'll see the Mikado. Have you, have you ever you aware of the Mikado? Uh, not ex- not extensively. Uh, uh, young 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 (laughs) No, I moved on to Family Guy and I can't go back. No, it's trying to go back in, you know. It's too slow now. Ah, it's too (laughs) shit now. I watched it with my kids. I watched it. They giggle their heads off at it. But do you know what I found? There's a lot of kind of sexual shit, you know, in The Simpsons. I try to keep up with Family Guy. Yeah, well, my missus looks at me and goes, eh... You know, but home, eh, home and Mars are kind of... His missus is one of them. His missus is a censorship. Ooh, kind of like the way <laughs> I feel that. Oh, is this a PG? Is this a PG? Make sure it's a PG. Heavens. Heavens is a PG. They're, they're five and seven and Mars and Homer switch a light off and they go, oh, no. My wife's like, what's going on here? I'm wrestling. <laughs> no, nah, so musicals, I, I'm, not, I'm not massively fond of musicals. Have you ever uh, acted in a musical? Uh, I've done bits of music. I've never been in a full... Well, I did... Oklahoma at school and things like that. Cool. But, yeah. uh, aye, um, I've done bits and pieces since then, but I'm not desperately fond of them. Nah, but I'm nah. not. I'm not against them. Nah. <laughs> You're just keeping that open there in case somebody comes in and says, <laughs> "By the way, <laughs> or he's written one." <laughs> but we we took a wee shot at right one, didn't we? Aye, we did. Aye, yeah. aye. We wrote "My American Sweetheart." It's a musical about basically. I don't know. It's probably been done a million times. Rom, rom com kind of thing. No, it was like kind of. Um, Fish out of water, a guy chases. Is it, the guy was. I can never guy was remember. A, guy was American. Guy was American. The bird was Irish. Aye. Right. And uh, they're singing to each other for Donegal in New York, you know. Aye. It's oh, beautiful. Aye, it's very really <laughs> nice, you know. And uh, planned out how we could do on one stage. It was actually quite interesting. Uh, it was we're, a three person play. And we're going to have a band on stage in the middle of the stage at all times. Right. Just a, a real live band. And it's traditional music that, uh, uh, see, like Carrick Fergus. Right, right. okay. Aye, aye. So he'd be singing, I wish I was in Carrick Fergus. And then the, uh, so basically, the, you're using traditional stuff that is actually, we, we looked into it and some of the stuff uh, can be used, you know what aye. I mean? It's, so, oh, okay. fair you know, game, like, aye. Aye, fair game, like Danny Boy and stuff like that, you know. Well, I don't be using that. So, the, uh, but anyway, aye, so that that was your idea of a musical, but. It's beautiful. Uh, 
Uh, do you yeah, like the idea? Will you be in it? Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you go, you'll be in it. We're no casting yet. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We're no casting yet. We're, we're actually we're looking for a casting director as well, uh-huh. if you're up for that. Right, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> we're looking for a fucking director. You want to just do it? Just try to stay. You're successful with theatre. Uh-huh. We're fucking, we're podcasters. Just do it. Do Let's just think? do the show right here. <laughs> plug, your, plug your stuff. Tell right, us, give us what's on, plate. when it's happening. Uh, it's on at CCA. On which name do people go? Who's the CCA? I know because I go to music in the CCA. And you go to the dental hospital. CCA Monday the twentieth and Thursday the twenty third of March is part of the Glasgow Live International Comedy Festival. It's called Love or Money. You can get tickets from ctickets.com It's ten quid, eight quid concession. How do people get hold of you? What's your your online details? TomBrogan.co.uk. But I'm on. Twitter, Twitter, well. no, Twitter Tom, Tom Brogan, it's just oh Tom Brogan across name. the board. Have you got yeah. Instagram? I do. I Tom Brogan. Yeah. Oh, aye, aye. the brands. The brands. <laughs> the brand is strong. <laughs> the brand is exactly. strong. And if you type in Brogan, you get the lassie for Hamilton Ackies. It's no him. <laughs> it's just some wee Ned for Hamilton Ackies, and she's a thug. Um, What's your online stuff? Paul? Uh, Paul uk. Fuck, is that your Twitter or not? Yeah, Paul, Paul Kaczynski, Kaczynski. Do you remember how you spell it? But yours is easy though because it's, it's kind of how you say it. Exactly. Like, exactly go aye. for it, do it, give us it, spell it out for us. It's K O Z I N S K I. People can get a hoodie there. there thank you guys go. so no, much for coming in. This is no, a pleasure, thank, thank you. I've been thank dying to us. talk to Cheers. other creative people, actors, writers, directors. It's fantastic. I'm so happy. I'm going to lie, I was lost to begin with. Yeah. I could still talk about film we, all night. Oh, oh my god, I know. <laughs> they don't want to. They just burned through 20 minutes of fucking fit in the middle. We could have been talking about like Goodfellas or something. Let's hit the chin, Diane. We're getting out of here. Are we out of here, Diane? You are indeed. Thanks very much, guys, for Thank coming you, in. Thank you, Diane. See you all. Yeah.